Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen and obliterators to that 6++ Plus Show. I am your host, Tom, and we are the wargaming team 6++ here to bring you some 40k goodness. We're going to be talking about LGT this week, London Grand Tournament. I'm sure you're aware what that is. Uh, loads of us went. We had a grand old time um, and we found the game in general in quite an interesting and, and happy and healthy spot. So I think there's lots of nice things to reflect on off the back of that. So to save time, because event roundups always take time, we'll launch straight into Palouse Roundup once I've introduced just the names on the panel um, and then we'll get into LGT then we'll talk about the state of the game and the meta overall and we will report back on our various efforts at predictions our six plus plus accumulator how that went um, and we'll do some podcast questions at the end welcome everybody in the chat please do pipe up throw questions in as, as we go along so on the show today my dear leader Chris as always how are you doing Chris I'm very well. I'm slightly less ill than. Oh, that's good. So that's good. Slight stress because you know, when you're away all weekend, you come back and suddenly everything's happening at work. So it's quite a full-on week. But uh, yeah. I'm going to come out the other side stronger, faster with um, using my fate dice. <laughs> yeah, that would be great for for colds if you could just put a six save up. Just, just put a six there. Not not deal with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm also joined by Ed. How are you doing, Ed? Yeah, not bad, man. I'm uh, pretty healthy. I've been off. I've been eating well. <laughs> Relaxed. I've played some Warhammer today. That's exciting. Scratching my bollocks. Yeah. Having a great time. Excellent. And what sort of Warhammer are you playing at? Were you perchance using any new rules that might exist? Yeah, I've been trying out the Space Marines because, um, yeah, LGT made me enjoy the game a bit more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, Positive signs. Positive yeah. signs. Don't call Didn't... it a comeback. I, I got, I got smashed in my practice game, so I'm back to the drawing board. But it's fine. <laughs> you know, I've only I've only wiped off half the chalk. We've got the the skeleton intact. We can go from there. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm also joined by our dark prince, Lee Churchwood. How are you doing, Lee? Very well, thank you. Um, I am off the back of LGT. I've got over all those constant nightmares I've been having about my own personal mistakes. Uh, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if anyone else suffers from those. But, oh uh, yes, flashbacks. Yeah, I've got over trauma. Them now. Trauma. Yeah, just trauma. I'm glad you're over it and I'm excited to make you relive it. I think that's probably <laughs> the, the healthiest way for you to move through it and past it. <laughs> and I am also joined by our very own Jack Chapman. How are you doing, Jack? Hi, I'm doing good. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Cool. We won't natter too much about hobby because obviously we've not done any hobby because LGT was basically yesterday. I actually, uh, I did lots of hobby in two days i've got objections here okay people have done hobby no one was doing hobby before we went why are you, I you pictures now? of the hobby yeah to be fair you did you did you did okay sorry i've done you all wrong but because we, we've got actual proof that the game's less dog shit so like, yeah oh, i think oh, that's what it is i'll have a bit of a oh i'll play again <laughs> maybe i'll make a model maybe i'll play again <laughs> funny that's almost the exact reaction i had i painted one model and i was like you know what I think I'll paint one more. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it became a whole a whole two model party. Oh, that's lovely, lovely. Just a few hundred more to go, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do the Palouse roundup. Chris is gonna take you through what's been happening, and then we'll get into our LGT spiel. Just gonna shout out some people in the chat. Connor Nichols is in the chat. Go away, Connor. I don't want to talk <laughs> about you beating me in front of everyone. Boo! Existence UK is here. 
Uh, Kobe is here. Elmo Miniatures is slagging off Ed. Pickalax is here. Scrivo is chatting about Death Guard. Uh, Death Guard, well, well, we'll come back to them, but wonderful faction. Brilliant faction. Um, cool. Okay, Chris, take people through it. What's happening in the world of the Plus Roundup? Oh, so much. So right? much. I mean, it's just taken me so long to scroll down all of the things <laughs> that we've released in the last week. Um, by that, I mean... Davy and Ed, uh, Davy and Lewis sorry, just went live at seven o'clock just uh-huh. now um, to speak about Lewis's LGT experience. And Davy last week wrote, uh, told everyone about how Tyranids were doing, mm-hmm. and that's it. So if you like Tyranids, there are two shit hot videos. For was, you. There was State of Play too. We did Chaos Space Marines. We right? spoke about that last week, Tom. We so like well, we were doing it. We didn't say that it's been done. Really? Yeah, pretty yeah, sure. That long ago. Right, well, yeah. I might be wrong. This Marine state of play. I might be desperately trying to claim credit for something that I did two um, weeks ago, which apparently happened well over a week ago. Ah, but damn. We'll, uh, damn. we'll let it go. Um, we'll let it slide. But <laughs> excitingly, Tom did film a bite-sized bat rep. I did. Didn't you, Tom? I did. We made one at LGT. We did a special LGT event report. I played against Paulie Wallace from Real Space Raiders, who you'll know as a Drakari podcast that were very popular, very, very popular um, during during lockdown and afterwards in the peak of, of ninth edition Drakari and are still an enduring force to this day. So that was a fun game. It was Drakari versus Votan. Um, the sound will be interesting because it was at LGT. There's a lot of people talking <laughs> and people were interested. So all of our friends gathered around us and talked all the way through the game. Um, but I think that aside, it's going to be a really fun and interesting bat rep. And it's certainly, you know, it's a matchup. Neither of us really knew how it was going to go. And it was really interesting, um, really interesting to see that. So thank you very much to Paulie for making that. Obviously, a bunch of us are going to be making event reports as well. Um, and we've got a few other bits coming up this Thursday. I'm going to have the first episode of Rock and Stone recording with Jake Harding and James Marsden, which will be a Votan specific show, which I'm super excited to make. Um, yeah exactly coming soon it's been coming for a while (laughs) it's been so long in the works that votan are actually half decent now which wasn't even the point when we started when i wanted to start (laughs) making it but here we are that should be really fun great okay um welcome jack welcome sindri nice to see you all here so i think it's time we're gonna do a general lgt roundup we're gonna zoom in on one or two games we don't want to take your entire evening and we know that event reports can drag on a little bit but we're going to talk a little bit about what we took how we experienced it one or two of our most interesting matchups um, and then we'll move to talking about lgt more generally so i wonder if perhaps we might start with you ed do you want to tell people what you took and how it went yeah i took a very cucky uh cutty cutty cooker <laughs> it's easy for you to say hold on let me just reboot <laughs> Hi, yes, I'm here to talk about Warhammer. Uh, I took a very cookie cutter list, is what I was trying to say, which is, of course, six brigands, three carnivores, one stalker, and fuck, I resent taking that stalker, but you've got to have a legal list because it's the only character. Yeah. Uh, then I took oh, just some normal bits and pieces, you know, great and clean one, yep. burning chariot, Standard. some nurglings, and a beast of Nurgle. Amazing. Great times had by all. Um, yeah, that was that was the list. Do you want to briefly explain the cunning in this? I know we've talked about it before, but just to sure. reiterate, because it's not so, it's not quite as random as meets the eye, right? Yeah. So Chaos Knights have <laughs> two good data sheets, um, and they, they have do. no army rules. 
So the data sheets that are good are brigands and carnivores, and we're true. in a more of a melee, a, a shooting matter than a melee matter. So I was like, right, I can take six brigands. How can I make six brigands more than six brigands? Um, so I just put in a great and clean one, which when it comes down, pick a unit within 12 inches at the end of the shooting, uh, the movement phase, sorry, and it makes a unit minus one toughness. I've got a lot of guns that are strength 12, six, and five. Hmm. Weirdly, that lets a lot of common units fall prey to my breakpoints, mm. like the big 20-man crusader bricks that I was slaughtering by <laughs> wounding on twos with my gats. That's amazing. Great times. Big yeah. fan of that. Uh, and then the burning chariot, similar sort of premise there. I can shoot a unit and turn off cover for it. So again, that AP2 on the closest unit really rips through marine bodies, for example. Absolutely. Uh, so that was the plan. I think, I think it worked out reasonably well. I didn't feel like the list underperformed uh, against anything I'd expected to perform well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, I think that's right. And do you want to tell people about your run and then zoom in maybe on one or two of the games? Yeah, I'm really glad that you started with me. So I haven't <laughs> played any physical Warhammer in about 10 weeks. And you may not have picked this up from me, but I have a fairly high opinion of myself. And I was like, it'll be fine. I'll pick up as I go along. Really? I'm fucking incredible. Uh, <laughs> my first round opponent was a really lovely chap, a guy called Ross, Ross Tully. Mm -hmm. He, um, <laughs> picking up the Tully clan. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time with him, but I made all of the mistakes you'd expect to make someone to make having not played in person in 10 weeks. Like, I made greedy decisions. And uh, basically, after I finished my, I went first, I finished my turn one move phase. This is into World Eaters with Angron. Mm -hmm. As soon as I finished moving and I committed my models and I picked up the dice, and I was like, mm, I've lost this game. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll not talk about that because I just made stupid decisions and I deserve to be punished for it. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. saving grace is that Ross, not only was he lovely, and we had a really lovely time, and he was, uh, you know, just had a good bit of back and forth. Uh, he had won three RTTs coming into the LGT. So that's, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Well so if I'm going to pick a game to just, like, massively misplay, at least it's someone who could have well have beaten me with a good list ahead of time. So I didn't feel too bad about that one, other than, mm. you know, Never I got what I know if he was deserved. genuinely better than you all. <laughs> that's good. I, no, he, he deserved to play that, like, win that game. He played it perfectly, and I... It would have been a struggle if I'd played it well, but it never even came down to that. So, um, yeah, great, great win for Ross. Uh, then, Mike, so when you win, lose your first game at the tournament, it's a bit of a bummer, but you go, don't worry about it. You've got an easy game coming up. Someone has lost their first game. There's loads of people here. It's going to be a nice, easy one. <laughs> so my reward for going 0-1 was to match up with Alex Petford. Alex now, Alex Petford. Petford, you might recognize that name. You might have seen him mm. in some pictures in Belgium recently, mm. playing for a little team called Team England, mm. WTC, international player. Um, I've had the pleasure of playing with um, Alex. I've played against him before. Both times I've played him at tournament, he's had the hard counter, and he's also been playing one of the better armies in the meta as you'd expect from someone you know on team england um yeah so he's playing meta town i was playing chaos knights and they've got a lot of guns so yeah. i i found this one quite fun i always enjoy playing alex we have a good uh, a good time it's a really relaxed game as well he's mm. uh, just a lovely guy can't you know say enough nice things about him so when he got first turn i thought great i've got a little bit of play here so he moved up all my stuff was hidden behind walls. I was, you know, really abusing the fact that I could walk through walls with my uh, my strap. And uh, he shot one model and just started ticking up the secondary points. Got a point and bring it down. Got a point, uh, three points on 
teleport homers, you know, mm. the usual. And uh, I said, cool. Right, that's my movement phase done. I'm just going to sit here. And then I'm going to put all of my non-line of sight into your scoring units. Uh, and that was my first three turns, basically. Uh, and it was basic, it was my turn three. I was like, cool. Now I think if I come out, I might have a chance if he whiffs his shooting phase. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to keep it as tight as possible. I had models alive at the end of the game. That's which was good. Yeah, in Chaos Knights into Tau, I was very yeah, yeah. happy about that. Um, I did get a, a quizzical eyebrow from him as well when I got some nice primary on turn two when I rapid ingress my great and clean one. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're pulling all the tricks out of the bag. The master stroke. That's what it was Absolutely. all for. Uh, yeah, anyway, most of my stuff died by the end and uh, it was 95 to 70. But as a loss goes, I thought, yeah, you know what? That's fine. Oh, it's a solid effort, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> two games in, I've got the unenviable position of being 0-2 mm. at the biggest event of the year. Um, That's a rough spot. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too pleased about it. I don't think I've ever lost my first two games at an event. I don't think that's ever happened. And it's... You, you definitely... The doubt sets in. I'm just like, <laughs> am I bad at the game? Is this... Does having <laughs> 10 weeks off make me a bad player? <laughs> Understandably, the answer might be yes. Um, so it, it was all right, though, because I thought, you know what? All I have to do is win an RTT. I can do that. Just got to win an RTT. There's no way I'm going to get another Team England player in the 0-2 bracket. Um, funnily enough, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, got a lovely night, guy called James Black Templars. Um, only a second event. So I was like, cool. This is, you know. Put the stabilizers on, play the game out correctly, don't make any stupid mistakes, and just pick mm. this one up and uh, you know reassess your life choices coming into day two. And uh, that was basically what I did. Nice. He had two bricks of the Crusaders, you know the Primaris Crusaders that are incredibly tough to kill. Both of them had a five up field no pain, and uh, I was very lucky that he gave me a turn to focus on each of them. Mm. <laughs> Very kind of them. Uh, it, it just came down to tournament experience. So, yeah, yeah again, had a, had a lovely time, but it was more of just a case of make sure you don't make the wrong decisions, pick them up with your efficient shooting and move from there. Uh, then went home. No, didn't go home. We went to, to pub. We did go to pub. Went to uh, Inola yeah. Park, where yeah, there were, yeah. frankly, too many of us. There it, were. Was a, it was a great time. Yeah, <laughs> shout, shout, out to, yeah shout out to the staff there. The poor guy who was running all the food out was <laughs> so done with just yeah. the quantity of people. I think we were relatively respectful as well, but it was just a case just of... Just a lot of people, about, Because it wasn't just us in that room. Who, did it, was it Mind Goblins? They put yeah, in Mind that Goblins room well. were there as well. And there so we just had about yeah. 40 of us all having 27 different conversations. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really just what you need to refuel. Hmm. Uh, coming into day two, I had another Space Marines player. I was like, oh, this is what I need. This is where I want to be. I've drawn Space Marines. He was playing uh, Gladius Detachment, Blood Ravens. Um, Blood Ravens? Yeah, yeah. But oh, what a really sweetie. Nice. We had some guy I hadn't seen before. I think had literally come across to LGT from some somewhere in Europe by the sound of the accent, having a great time, making the most of the experience, going around. And he just came over, started talking to us, and took some pictures of the models because they were, they were that crisp. Oh, so nice. big shout out to Mark Beaumont. Uh, mm. if, you, if you see this, your models are lovely beautiful and that was another one where it was one of those where you see the deployment go down you go oh cool i just need to go through the motions make the correct decisions and yes uh, and did that and got a nice solid 90 to 55 very nice um and then rounded out with a game against tom green 
Oh, that's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah, who okay. had who had actually super chatted us, I believe, the week before. Yes, he's yeah. a sweetheart. I love. He's Tom absolutely lovely. It was a really great game for me, anyway. To, to <laughs> after. Uh, we we both had a great time, but uh, we knew the matchup was basically I've got a lot of guns, you've got a lot of bodies, but I don't think enough bodies. So we, you know, had a bit of chat at the start of the game, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, it'll be fine. You'll be over in ninety minutes." You can go home early. I can go drunk. It'll it'll be fine. And uh, despite that, obviously we played it out. Played it out correctly. Mm. Turns out he had a lot of bodies, mm. and there were some really sweaty moments in the middle. <laughs> um, not not any sort of like um, conflict between the two, but. I finished my shooting phase, and he still had two characters and a truck on a point that I had two brigands on. Brigands being the shooting war dogs, and I'd finished my shooting. Uh, that was the point where I went, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many models I'll have here next turn. This yes. is a concern. Because uh, I was blowing through his models, but he was blowing through mine as well. So mm. that did end up going well for me. Uh, it was the only game of the event where I actually did get to use my faction rules. Nobody knows them. Chaos Knights, so they make you make take battle shock tests if you're below starting strength and you're at minus one to them. And uh, he had a one wound beast boss, I believe it was, on foot, who was about to absolutely just wreck my shit, just fully <laughs> bend me over. And uh, he failed his battle shock. I was like, I've got a stratagem. I roll six <laughs> dice for every dice that I roll. You take a mortal wound and I heal. And yeah. I swear to God, I rolled six four-ups, oh. and my seven-wound brigand healed to full, and his model died. And oh, that's that so was good. the moment that maybe the light light died in his eyes, because <laughs> uh, was, it was really starting to get sweaty at the end there. Mm. No, really lovely guy. Um, it's, it's hard to place a favorite player across the, the weekend, but I think it might have had to have been Tom. Mm. Um, he fucked with my head, though. There was, one, there was one model I couldn't kill at all. And the last unit in my army was shooting at it. And this was only like turn two or something. And there was one armor save to make. So he handed me his dice and said, you roll it. <laughs> <laughs> I passed the fucking save. <laughs> uh, I, uh, oh, I, mind I, games. Mind yeah, games no, from the mind goblins. It, it yeah. really was. It really was. But he's an absolutely lovely guy. Uh, I, I can't look forward enough to, to playing him again. And next time I'll bring something with less guns. and We can have a nice proper melee <laughs> off in the middle of the board. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Cool. I mean, that's. I think that's, as I say, you had an unlucky start. Um, Petford round two when you're already on a loss is pretty, pretty brutal, but then just just knuckle down and go on with it. So very yeah. well done. I, I I think I had the start I deserved for the amount of prep that I put in. I don't feel like I've been hard done by. Um, you expect at least one hard game through an event. Yeah. Um, I misplayed one, deserved to lose it. Then I got my hard game. Mm. Then I got three games that you know the three games that you normally just cruise through at an event. Well, two and a half because the last one was a bit of a. Yeah. A knuckle biter. Mm. But yeah, so I think it was uh, exactly what I deserve for the amount of prep I put in. Very nice. And how, I mean, it's you've alluded to it already, but you seem a little more positive about 10th edition having played the OGT. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, I didn't play any Eldar. So <laughs> <laughs> weirdly, I actually think my list is quite well suited to deal with, dealing with Eldar because I've got uh, a lot yeah. of non-liner sight shooting. Yeah, uh, that people, will blink away. Like, you, you look at it on the, uh, just as the data sheets, and you're like, well, oh, that seems fine. But you, you probably kill... 10, 12 bodies, elder bodies from behind terrain. And mm. if you get the second roll off, you know, if you don't have to move out to get the primary, you can kill most of their scoring oh, stuff yeah. before they get to play the game. And suddenly, that's a game. Yeah, 100%. So, you know what the problem is, Ed, though? Is that they have 
probably three night spinners, and then they just <laughs> roll a bunch of sixes and take you and just kill your knights, right? They'll try. That's, that's vanishingly unlikely. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, I've had a, a riptide little... die from full to a night spinner. It can happen to me. Here's it can happen to you. The uh, I knew what the night spinner profile was before we we got all the the leaks. Someone had you know passed that on behind the scenes, and I was like, this is going to be the OP shit. You know, full rerolls to wound. It's dev wounds. It's two damage, uh, and then. You know, I sat and rolled it out. I was like, oh, okay, it's not actually as much damage as I thought it was, but it's still going to be disgusting. Uh, and then I was massively wrong, and people didn't take them for damage at all, and it was the Wraith Knights, so it's just yeah, what I know. I, yeah, think, anyway. I think people lean on them now, but it's definitely... Yeah, I, I do think it was an interesting game for you, because you have one of those... The Battleshock thing's actually relevant in that game too, right? Because if Wraith Guard mm. fail Battleshock in the middle of the board, <laughs> they're um, they're quite unhappy, because they so, can't get away. What, what that turns into is basically any competent opponent just goes, oh, I pay a 1 CP tax once per game, and Battleshock doesn't pass. come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're spending it on that... Can they spend it on Phantasm as well? There's a CP management question that comes up too. I think it's interesting. I'd like to see yeah, it played. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to yeah. play against Eldar with it, but I don't want to play Eldar. And I think I've had <laughs> enough of Chaos Knights, so uh, we'll leave that one to the ether. Excellent. Well, you're a Space Marine main. You always were, so I think that'll be, no, that'll, no, that'll be no. fine. I'll, I'll get bored within two weeks, and then I'll find some real jank, and then uh, we'll, we'll be back. Sick. Very nice. Right. All right. Let's move things along. Let's go to a to a Tau kind of place. Let's check in with you, Jack. Set the scene for us. What did you take? What was your run? A couple of games um, that interested you. So my list was roughly two hammerheads, two riptides, uh, a devilfish with full of breaches and a fireblade. Yeah, unity and devastation, but I never used it pretty much. It almost mm. never came up. It's not secret tech. Um, then had a cold star with. Uh, Six crisis, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. The special thing there was uh, two plasma, one cyclic, um, instead of all cyclic. Um, yeah, you've been a plasma advocate from day one, haven't you? I have indeed, and I still stand by it. Uh, it's good in most situations, but not every situation. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's like 10% worse, 15% worse, I think, but yeah. overall, but you just don't kill yourself. So, And that's that's a positive. Yeah, it's always a positive. Uh, so we've got three broadsides, a ghost kill, some, a pair of piranhas, a pair of stealth suits. Um, and I think that's basically it. Um, so I will be making, or well, continuing to make um, a video uh, this week for um, something. I don't know where it's going. It may be <laughs> somewhere, but I'm doing battle report videos um, for these. So I'm not going to cover right. every single game. No, no, absolutely. Hold, hold some good stuff back. That's the Yeah, idea. yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Um, so I'm just going to talk about two of my games. The first one was my third game mm -hmm. uh, against Ethan playing Black Templars. Uh, so at this point, I was 2 and 0. Um, having just played against my first ever Black Ten Plus player and winning that game, and I had to play against another Black Ten Plus player. Um, but Ethan had a very different list. He's his list was about six units of ten um, Crusaders, uh, two units of twenty Primaris Crusaders mm -hmm. with like Hellbrecht and Grimaldus in oh, to give him five cool. plus feel no pains. Hellbrecht as well. That's bowling. Another ten, uh, another ten man Primaris, just uh, assume for objective holding, mm -hmm. uh, and then for six aggressors with a, um, uh, I don't know, the, the biologist. Yeah, guy. they call they call him the Harmacist now. Harmacist, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was in there as well. Um, all of the all of these units, all so it was, it was 110 infantry units and some aggressors. Mm -hmm. 
all of the infantry units had a las cannon and a grav gun. Now, grav guns are not fun. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, <laughs> no, they're they quite annoying. Um, but essentially, he went fixed against me, as many people did. Um, fixed ended up being quite a story of the event, I think. We'll mm-hmm. Probably touch on that later. Yeah. For sure. um, he went bring it down, three twenty against Tau. Uh, and he went cleanse, and this was a uh, this was a six objective mission. There were four in the midfield, so he kind of just moved forward and cleansed objectives every turn, and mm. shot a few bits with las cannons, mm. and sort of slowly whittled me down until he got to um, twenty. Uh, bring it down because it is it is free realistically against Tau, and you can get about ten points without even trying, um, and then the other ten is just kill something. You, you yeah. just do it um, naturally. Um, so he ended up getting the 100 points against me. Um, but what was really interesting about this game is, so I went um, I went tactical objectives because I didn't see any easy points to score um, on fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting 14 points on secondary because I draw really bad cards. But I went back mm. and I thought about it. Even though I draw really bad cards, if I'd gone fixed, I don't think I could have stopped him from scoring 100. It would have been a completely <laughs> moot point anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because because of the the setup of the terrain, um, you know, he could pop units out because he had uh, 11, 12 units of infantry, and the yeah. crisis unit can mm-hmm. kill a twenty man in a round, but they can o- they only have so many turns to do they that. Do. <laughs> so, they do. You know, and especially if you deep strike them, you can only kill four of those, right? And then <laughs> there's only there's only so much time in the game. Yeah. Um. So I've tried I've run that game back a few times in my head, and I just don't know what I could have done. To prevent him getting a cleanses on those turns, mm. apart from playing like ludicrously aggressive, um, which I don't know, I don't think I would have tried against Black Templars. Well, that's still... the thing; it, it feels a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because you're like, well, they're surely they're going to hit me in the mouth if I do that. Exactly, they have like a hundred strength four if he want attacks per unit. So <laughs> you know that'll take down a Riptide eventually. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, that was a really interesting game. Um, I think Black Templars are kind of uh, made a big name for themselves. Yeah, this, this, this event was as... their announcement weekend, wasn't it? They came came out swinging, as we will yeah. talk about a bit later. I, I really wasn't prepared for it at all. Um, so uh, it was really interesting to play against it mm-hmm. um, and definitely gave me a lot more to think about going forward. Um, and then, so I ended that day 2-1. Mm-hmm. Next morning, uh, I played against uh, Oliver. Who, hey, uh, my, my mate Ollie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Ollie was playing Dark Angels, Gladys mm-hmm. Tesfors. It was like a mixed arm list. He had a big 10 man of um, com- ten minute, uh, Dark Angels Command Squad guys, Terminators, mm-hmm. uh, and then a 10 man uh, Deathwing Knight Squad. Yep. So I yep. don't remember what Dark Angels' names are. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a very, pretty fun thematic list, but it's kind of exactly what Tau want to play into. Mm. Um, so he, the reason I wanted to to bring this game up. Uh, is because of the what Ollie was telling me about after the game. So he essentially his game plan was to try and rush me turns one and two. So he ran all this stuff across the board um, quite quickly. Um, I in this game I went fixed. I've been burned by tactical last uh, round, so I decided I was going to go cleanse and teleport homers. Um, and uh, yeah, he decided to, to rush me. He he went straight in for a big advance and charge. Um, on turn one into Oof. the Piranha squad thing I had in the middle doing mm-hmm. the cleanse, she killed and then I, it was my turn two because I went first so I brought in the Crisis, the Broadsides two Hammerheads, two Riptides the Breachers 
all of it into the Deathwing, into the Deathwing Night Squad in the middle. Um, and I, I almost killed all of it. I got on one, I left it with a chaplain <laughs> on one wound. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it took literally my entire army shooting at it um, to mm. do so. Um, uh, I mean, at that point, the list is... Uh, I also uh, blew up a, a tank with something. Um, but essentially, at that point, uh, his list's back was broken. Uh, he mm-hmm. attempted a, a, a very uh, long... I think it was a, like a 21-inch charge with Terminators. Um, he got a six in his advance on Assault Doctrine and failed a five with Rollerball, unfortunately, um, oh. to make the charge. Um, but uh, yeah, so in the end, unfortunately, the Tau did pick up most of the Terminators and mm. um, he was left with uh, with nothing left at the top of turn five. Ouch. The reason I wanted to talk about this one was um, a lot... He was telling me that he, he was talking to like other people. Is that, well, how do I play against Tau? And people were telling him, you need to rush Tau 1 and 2, right? You need to get them, you know, beat them before they get the sustained hits from Kalyon. Mm. And I just want to say a big thank you to all the Tau players out there that keep telling people to do this, because <laughs> it has won me so many games. <laughs> um, because when you think about it, uh, telling people to run across the middle of the board in the open into the Tau... Um, as quickly as possible and not stick to cover you know when you say it like that as ollie said <laughs> it doesn't actually make a lot of sense so are you suggesting it, this is tower propaganda Jack, it's it? it's watercast <laughs> propaganda like it, it makes lots of sense when the nice town man with the big hat says to do it <laughs> but when you actually do it in game um it doesn't work out so well i think mm. um as a general me personally i think uh uh as a Tau player, I guess, you've got to buy us again. The better thing to do is to um, play a little bit more defensively and then wait for the Tau to expose themselves and pounce on them. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly mm-hmm. on the UK TC boards, it's quite hard to get lines of sight with a lot of stuff. Sure. You get like a couple of crisis units in, in line of sight, but getting like a whole army in line of sight to have, um, you know, to have one unit shoot in the other spot and then another unit shoot in the unit spot, like getting all of that in can be mm-hmm. quite difficult. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think you know, just waiting for the um, waiting for the the, the tower to move forward and overextend in order to, and then you can counter punch. Mm-hmm. Is a bit of a, a better play for sure. Um, but I think I kind of put um, a bit of pressure on on Ollie by going fixed because by going cleanse and teleport homers, um, both are very easy missions on yes. the UKTC boards, which again is another big story of the event. Absolutely. Um, I was getting just I was getting seven secondary points every turn. Yeah. Like the first two turns, he was just like, I can't. You know, he was getting tacticals and he got two points in the first turn and mm-hmm. like five, seven or eight on the second turn. He's like, I'm just going to lose this game on on secondaries. It was, it was almost a like a like a creeping panic that's coming in, yeah. like forcing him to do something, mm-hmm. um, which in the end kind of ended up being up his downfall. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think that's that's the story of the game pretty much. I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people. When they're playing into Tau, they play very aggressively to try and get rid of them early. When um, I think playing more patient and letting the Tau overextend um, is probably a better. Shouldn't be telling anyone this. This is really stupid um, for my win rate, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say it's just the most interesting thing that um, I've had in the game. And uh, then I played another game, but uh, you know, we'll talk about all the other games that I played um, in the the video that I'm. Yeah, man, hold it I'm back. Working on. That's great. I look forward to hearing that. Um, obviously, yeah, it's an interesting time to be a tower player. The thing's definitely looking up, so I look forward to hearing your take on it, as I'm sure many people are. Okay, let's move things along. Let's take things to a chaotic place. Lee, 
Hello. Tell everyone about your weekend, which was <laughs> quite an eventful one. You you certainly had an eventful run. I did, yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> so we'll kick off with game one. We're going to name check some people here. So I had um, the lovely Henrik Riddem, Riddeheim, uh-huh. um, one of my first tower opponents. Um, again, <laughs> beautiful army, um, really well painted, so a nice pleasure to play against him. Um, again, quite defensive in his kind of deployment, um, which allowed me to use my general tactic for the whole weekend, which is drive a rhino to the middle, <laughs> jump a few chosen units out and yep. charge. Yeah, um, send it. It's yeah. a great plan. It's Chikari, mate. It's ninth edition Chikari, <laughs> but with power armor. It's great. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. The opposite the... of what I said, so oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> ignore me. The last 10 minutes, ignore that. Listen to Lee. He knows what he's talking about. Look, it depends on what you've got and how you use it, I think. Um, <laughs> so after staging turn one in the center with the Rhino um, and pushing a few units of like Warp Talons around the board and moving some Forge Fiends into positions, um, my second turn ended up with my Chosen on his back objective. Um Demon hammering away at Tetras and stud suits oh, and Tetras. Um <laughs> And again, that basically caused a problem that poor old Henrik couldn't get around. He spent the rest of his game trying to dislodge Chosen from his backfield rather than no, I've, actually... I've lived that life. It's a sad yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Scoring anything else. Um, <laughs> and that, that kind of really played out as the, the way you think it would. It's kind of... Uh, he kind of couldn't really get out of that pocket. Um, everything was, all the crisis suits were trying to kill Chosen in his backfield. Um, and then everything else on my army popped up and killed his. So <laughs> Henrik, um, lovely guy. Um, again, possibly a little bit defensive in his setup, which allowed me to get right stuck into him. Yeah. Um, game two against the wonderfully named Felix Patch. Oh, what um, a name. What a name. name That's it? a great D&D name. I would uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd have a bard called Felix Patch. I he would. looked a little bit like a bard. He had a lovely beard. <laughs> Um, as, as he must, because yeah. he's got a wonderful name like that. Can't waste it. And a loot. <laughs> Didn't have a loot. Um, he, uh, he travelled all the way up from Exeter um, by himself because his mates ditched him at the last minute. Oh. So, uh, he was playing Votan. Um, a okay. Votan main okay. like yourself. A Votan main. Yeah, there are many of us. Um, and I'd had a wonderful practice game. You had. Yourself. You had. Um, <laughs> you had. So I was very confident into my um, kind of army versus <laughs> You had every time. right to be, yeah. Um, because what they do is they fill all these lovely little vehicles with squishy little dwarves. <laughs> yeah. And they drive them like little ice cream vans at you. And then you get to pop them open and uh, kill Eat everyone contents. inside. Yeah. 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 Um, and <laughs> that's, uh, so again, it was I went with bring it down and deploy teleport homers, which is my general thing pretty much for the whole yeah. event. Did you run yes. fix for the whole event, Lee? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah, all the way through. That's cool, yeah. Um, six Sagittars. Um, he had two of the blobs of like the little Terminator Dwarfs. Uh, all the yeah, this is very much the way Votan is shaping. I think that's the consensus, is that yeah. that's the best way to play it with six Sagittars and some Hearthguard. Yeah. I, I think I, I preferred the uh, Fortresses, to be honest. I found that's them a little, right, more, a little bit tougher. I am a thought leader and a visionary. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> This one played out very similar um, to what, what we kind of done before. That turn two, I was in position. Mm-hmm. He drove his ice cream vans up the board, um, <laughs> and my obliterators cracked them open. And yeah. the chosen that are standing two inches away then eat them, charge what's yeah. inside, and kill it. Yeah. Um, 
the Terminators, they, they came in kind of off, off the sides and then they felt some forge fiends and yeah. disappeared. Um, but again, it was, it was, a, it was a good game. 89-50 in the end. Again, mm-hmm. secondary points. Um, you couldn't get a big bring it down score. Um, yeah. But 89 points is 89 points. Mm-hmm. Um, which moved me swiftly onto my game three against an equally lovely chap, Alex Neal. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to the table. I, I looked at my phone. I'm like, hang on, game three. I'm undefeated. What the fuck am I playing Death Guard for? Damn <laughs> <laughs> um, right, tell him. And again, this guy had spent a lot of time painting this army. It was absolutely beautiful. You had um, a land raider with the mouth, with like the, oh, the tendrils and all those love lovely it. things. Um, a beautifully painted mortarian. Lots of um, Death Shroud Terminators, mm. Typhus, um, a couple of cheeky little Poxwalker units holding down objectives. Um, and he thrust it all into the middle of the board and basically went, what are you going to do about this? Um, and I shot it all up. Fuck, you took him off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Take so up your model, out, son. Six, uh, six Terminators with Typhus um, die to a one Forge Fiend shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Obliterators sad time. can easily pop a, um, a Land Raider in one attempt. And then the Plague Marines that are inside it get shot by the other Forge Fiends and all <laughs> die. Um, the Brave Chosen that um, were running around the board survived two turns of Mortarian as well. So mm-hmm. uh, to, for, for him to get through to the Lord and then eventually kill the Lord. And it was a case of um, a very good push. It scored him quite a few points getting to, that, getting to the middle, but he couldn't survive long enough against the uh, full firepower of the uh, Obliterators and Forge Fiends and then the, uh, the rest of my army popping up in his backfield, taking the same objective. Yeah. Um, so... Decent score there, 96-66. Again, oh, nice. absolute gent, Alex, um, and a lovely game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, on to T on round four, so I am 3-0. and So it feels like, Lee, you've had three, you know, reasonably comfortable games. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did that continue? Did it continue to be a nice, easy ride up into the top no, levels at this stage? No, it didn't. <laughs> my, lovely, my lovely tactics um, of choosing my fixed secondaries, my staging and then charging yeah. came up against a good player called oh, Dino. No. Dino, um, I'm probably pronouncing this terrible. Is it Co? I think so. I'm not okay. sure. It, but it's Dino. Um, yeah. I think I'm also saying that is he the WTC captain of the Netherlands? He definitely has been at times, yeah. yes, and he's very much in the mix with that with that all the time. So he's a a, a constant, yeah. a fixture for Team Netherlands. Yeah. So I had to turn my brain up to eleven, which is where the strain on my brain gets kind of critical. Um, <laughs> and um, I played a brilliant game with him. It was really good fun, uh, very technical, um, lots of great conversations about um, who like angles and um, what our intent is, and it was it was very well thought out. He had a very meta list, but he had a slight twist of two devil fish filled with breaches. Um, Still loads of those bloody tetras everywhere. Mm. Um, the three crisis blobs, um, all with their cyclic ions. And people were telling me that these things die to their own shooting. No, they don't. <laughs> he, 
He yeah, killed not, not if they what? slow roll them. No. no. <laughs> the, uh, and the guy, Henrik, before that playing tower, he didn't, none of his died to is their own shooting. I think it's a hoax. <laughs> I, need their, I need their dice because I killed two of my own crisis suits with seven hazardous tests in my last game. <laughs> wasn't happening. Wasn't happening. Um, so I did the usual. The rhino goes out. It stages. Um, he plays cagely. He, he said at the end of the game that he was possibly too defensive because he pushed all of his suits backwards to make sure they were out of the range from where he'd screened out. Mm-hmm. which was, in my opinion, probably the right thing to do, mm-hmm. um, even though it meant that he had to push more in the later later turns. Um, he did put a Devilfish on an objective, which I was quite happy to drop some obliterators in and pick um, up and then charge in the Chosen to take the contents. Um, mm-hmm. Again, putting him down to a five on primary in that second um, second turn, which was a good start. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it kind of it was back and forth. He was picking up my units, I was picking up his. We were both running out um, towards the end of the game. Uh, my obliterators, I have to say, are units of four obliterators. Although they did a little bit of work, they were swingy as hell. And some mm. some turns they did absolutely nothing. Mm. And some turns they were ridiculous. Um, but that is possibly one thing I will think about in the future of my list about whether they are actually worth it. Mm-hmm. It's a huge point sink um, for something that doesn't always deliver. Um, yeah, it's and interesting. It, yeah, and in this um, in this game, I fired into six crisis suits indirect with full rerolls to hit and wound from with a unit of four, and scratched one, picked one crisis suit up. But later in the game, three of my obliterators came around the corner and picked up a whole unit of six, including their commander. Wow! And it's kind of you don't know what you're going to get. Jack, um, were you using the unit with like the full rerolls to hit and wound, or yes. was it the Nurgle unit? It was the full rerolls to hit and wound. Okay, I was just curious if it was like, is he spike? Because is it because you're shooting as like four up invols, or is it just because they're hitting on that? You know, they're just swingy because of their hit rolls and wound rolls. It's the swingy, the indirect more swingy because obviously you're hitting on fours, um, and then because there's most armies these days have got um, a really good defensive abilities. Plus, you're getting everything gets cover. Mm. Um, so the, even AP3 is not as impactful as it possibly should be um, and again it swings on it is the roll of the D3 so you've yeah. got 4D3 and if you roll all ones you're not getting a lot and if you don't get any explosions from the sixes you're not getting a lot um, yeah. and again when it comes to four up invuns or any unit with an invun they only have to make a few and your, your kind of high output shooting just turns into nothing in that sense, it feels like obliterators are still kind of what they've always been, which is this slight like death lottery, right? Where you're like, there is a potential here that I can kill basically anything that exists, but equally, I might not do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, it was it was tip for tie. He was playing. Um, he was playing the cards, mm-hmm. and the cards were going extremely well for him. God um, damn and it, it came down to the last turn, um, where I probably I don't know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, I could have sent some warp talons to deploy teleport homers in his backfield and get four points or use my nerdlings to get three. Um, I used the nerdlings. <gasps> I used the warp talons to mm. try to wrap up a uh, devil fish to give him his disembarking unit a very long advance to get onto an objective to take it off. Right, me. I see, I see. Um, he made the advance on a five, I think, to oh. get his unit onto the objective. Mm. He drew two wonderful cards where he could easily score 10 points in the last turn. 
um, which gave him that one point advantage, and he won ninety one to my ninety. Oh. Um, my brain was frazzled. Yeah, um, I, I bet. I uh, shook he shook his hand, took it like a champ, <laughs> and uh, was on three and one. But it was a great game. It was a great yeah, game. Yeah, I know that's a that's an international standard game, right? And you've basically been valued for the win, and it's come down to the cards. That's an amazing performance, I think. Um, this is where kind of my my tournament took a took a U turn because I was <laughs> I was frazzled. My brain was yeah. Dumb. Those but, tough ones on Sunday morning, I have yeah. this as well, where it's just like if, if you have a really strong opponent Sunday morning, it's very hard to rally and sort of recombobulate yeah. yourself for the final game. And as, as a bit of a sports person out of uh, 40k, I uh, normally have a week to decompress when I, <laughs> I do something and I lose. Um, <laughs> now I've got 55 minutes before my next game comes in <laughs> and I am still hating myself. <laughs> um, I come up to the table, I think we've got our new recruit Joe next to me playing his custodes and he's like, yeah. you're right as I'm throwing all my models on the floor. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be all right. And then I, my, my chest clock's batteries run out and I'm scrambling. I can't find the batteries. It's all going wrong. Um, and I get to the table and I'm playing um, Maxim. I'm going to butcher this guy's name as well. He's flown all the way over from Poland. Prudzinski. Okay. Um, he's playing Black Templar. And again, I've not prepped into Black Templar. Oh, yes. Um, it's a running theme across many of our games this yeah, weekend. I have, I, uh, I make a lot. I just play terribly. I honestly have put my hand up, and this one is the one I've been having kind of flashbacks from. Yeah. And I play like an absolute novice who's never played Warhammer before. I put all of my things that are my kind of mantras of what to do in the bin, and I play fully by emotion um, and want to kill him. Everything (laughs) full aggression. Um, Oh, it's very chaos. It uh, weirdly doesn't pan out well for me. I'm I'm forgetting rules hand over fist. Um, I'm like he had to call me on my uh, what do you call them the uh, dark packs because I kept on forgetting to do them because I was just playing out of emotion and not doing them. Yeah, yeah. So I had to roll lots of those at the end of the game. Um, and I think I'm just like oh, I'm going to beat him. Black Templars, what the fuck are they? Um, just... <laughs> I've been there, buddy. I've been yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm killing all his yeah, stuff, and he's running out of things. Bring it down, I've taken again, and he's got redemptors in the backfield. And he very, very cleverly, he's, he's a good player. He pushes all his vehicles to the very back corner and says, okay, obliterators, they're drawing in the middle. You're out of range now. It's going to take you a few turns to get back there to do anything. Um, I'm scoring well on deploy teleport homers. But again, rookie error number one, I shoot his terminators. And I've not sequenced yeah. my shooting correctly. Yeah. So instead of getting to shoot them with two forge fiends and pretty much get rid of them. I shoot them with one. He moves six inches closer. Yes, he but does. can charge a Forge Fiend from, a, I think it was a 10-inch or a 9-inch re-rollable, which he does get turn one, Ooh. putting lots of pressure on me. Yes. Um, and then everything starts going quite well. I've started to kill all his rhinos, all the, all the multiple units that are coming out everywhere. They're getting picked up by Chosen. The Terminator's are getting held by um, a Chaos Lord in Chosen in my backfield as well. And they're actually winning the fight there as well, which is pretty good. I've got, I'm pretty confident. I'm looking at the scores. I'm going, right, I've got this. This is a win. Brilliant. I've done it. I've got 10 points on him. End turn. There's no way. I've pinned him in his back corner. He's not He's not winning this. But I've been a knob and I've not looked at my cards. I've not 
looked at what his possible secondaries that can come up are on the last turn. I've left a backfield objective stickied. And what does he do? He picks up Storm Hostel objective. And what's the other one about getting um, capturing the outpost? outpost. Calidus, whoop, on my backfield objective. There's the 10 points we need. It's a draw. It's 85-85. Oh. Oh. I'm like, you are an idiot. This is a game that you should have won, but because I didn't follow my basic principles of what you do each turn and what Mm. you do when you arrived at game, I kicked myself in the head and it is over and I've gone 3-1-1. But I think it's a lesson and what I've come away from that that is, and I've done it twice now because I did it against Julio in Nottingham in last season and I went 3-1-1 and it is... I need to decompress. I need to have a word with myself. I need to kind of take some deep breaths, go and do mm. some push-ups or whatever you're going to do between a game. And what I've made myself is a little checklist from now on. <laughs> I'm taking laminated to every single <laughs> tournament. Uh, the least chaotic thing. It is yeah. very. Um, <laughs> my ADHD, so it's going to help me focus. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a breakdown of the things that I need to do at the start of each of my turns. And it is what objectives can my opponent draw, check them. Um, it's about following the basic principles of how am I going to score my points? What can I do to deny his points? All the really basic stuff that I didn't do in the last game because I mm-hmm. thought I was just going to bully him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should be better than that. And I wasn't. And it, well, to be quite honest, Maxim deserved that draw, if not a win, mm-hmm. um, because he played it really, really well. And I just went in there thinking Black Templars, marine bodies, I'm going to walk this. And <laughs> I deserved a reality check, and that's exactly what I got. Well, I think that's all very healthy perspective. We're certainly very, very impressed nonetheless. And I think that last game is very understandable, having had a game as draining as the one that you had in the first round. I think a lot of us would very much be in that position. So I think, yeah, having processes and, and some guides to help you make those decisions especially late on in an event when you're tired seems eminently sensible to me so mm. I'm, sure, I'm sure that will help in the future um and yeah i mean running the netherlands captain to a point still pretty epic in my book i think that's one of the best that's stories of the cool weekend game. yeah 100 percent. right we're saving chris we're saving chris which means i'm going to go now i am a votan main so i took leads of votan and I had had contrasting experiences warming up for this event. I'd been to an RTT where I had won the RTT, which was really nice, but I'd had probably kinder matchups for that. And I'd had a practice game with Lee in which Lee had wiped the floor with me and put me in a headlock. So I was like, okay, different ways this could go. So it was all going to depend a little bit on what I bumped into. So the first round I played against um, Critton, I think was the name, um, really lovely man who attends some of Lewis's events. And he ran Necrons. And I got a little bit of luck in this because he went first and he lined up some shots on my Sagittars. And I think there's a there's a world in which he pops both Sagittars turn one. And then I'm in some serious issues. I've got Sagittars, Landforts, lots of different things with Hearthguard dropping in. That's the way the list functions. Um, but he doesn't quite do it. it starts ro- He rolls really poorly on some of his random shotguns in the early stages of the game, which is massive. And I think in general, Votan are quite good at killing Necrons and, and chewing through Necron bricks. They've got a lot of the right tools for that. So in the end, I was able to outmuscle him in that game. But it was a really lovely game, and he was he was a really, really solid player. And it was fun watching the Silent King back around, just absolutely cutting through swathes of stuff in the middle of the board as well. Um, so that was really cool. And then my round two, I hit 
a very tough game, which was again, and there's a running theme here, Black Templars. And Black Templars, uh, piloted by Connor Nichols, who's actually someone who who watches the show and supports the show. So thank you very much for that, Connor. And it was a real treat to play you. And Connor was a really, really good player. And this was one of those games where you just saw someone else's understanding of the matchup and also the ways in which two armies can sometimes just present you with real challenges in the game. I think the key thing with Black Templars right now is that they can have a feel no pain. They can have a six up feel no pain everywhere and they can have a five up feel no pain in a couple of places. For Votan specifically, who can chew through marine bodies but do it slowly because it's a lot of AP one and two. So you're just trying to get those four saves failed, those five saves failed using ignore cover, etc, etc. That with damage two takes twice as long when they start making six up and five up feel no pain. So all the output that Votan rely on is being chopped into tiny pieces. So it's something Templars have innately is really good against Votan output. The other thing Connor had in this list that was wonderful was triple redemptors because they're minus one damage on top. So then you're like, oh, sometimes nothing is <laughs> happening. And it's got a two up save and armor of contempt, which again, armor of contempt, two up save. If you want to beat Votan, just pack a bunch of that in because that is extremely good at blunting what they do. They are very dependent on AP 1 and 2. They don't have many good high AP guns in that index, particularly. Um, the, the Magna Rail is rubbish, and the Plasma on the Hearthguard is usually 10 shots. So 10 shots cannot do a whole job all the way across across the game. Um, so that in the design of the list, Black Templars had a few things that presented me with some real problems, as well as some big bricks. Right, and We were playing on Purge the Foe, the mission where it's kill more, hold more. And looking at it, I was like, well, I am going to be struggling for Killmore because I've got these little idiots that I like to chuck out my little five man squads of Hearthkin and their whole job is to go and get killed to get me judgment tokens so that I can get better at killing the enemy but in this they're getting killed and giving my opponent primary which is a slightly sad situation so I definitely need to work out how to approach uh, that particular mission with Votan and slightly flip things around a bit maybe keep them back and not avoid losing Hearthkin for no reason but the contrast with this um, was the way that Connor played his list. So what Connor did was he basically kept the Redemptors completely hidden for the first two or three turns, didn't really use them. Like, angle sniped a little bit if he got an opportunity, but pretty much kept them hidden in his backfield. And he used a Crusader brick down one side and then his Terminators down the centre to pressure. I had marked a couple of the little Crusader squads because if I kill those early, I get a bunch of CP. And he didn't use them, literally held them back was very, very canny, clearly understood what was going on, knew that if he threw those away early, I'd get CP. So I didn't get additional CP until the mid-game, which meant it was much harder when he came in aggressively with the two bricks for me to start pulling all the different things I needed to actually deal with them and push them back. I killed the Crusader brick fairly happily, but we hit a point in the mid-game where any chance I had of killing the Terminator brick basically went. And I had some luck because Connor used a very cool stratagem that Black Templars have, where if a unit's in combat with a bunch of stuff, I need to roll four ups to fall back, which is incredibly peaky. Um, but as I said to him, I played Witch Cult for many years, <laughs> and it never works. <laughs> and indeed, a whole bunch of stuff. He'd tagged like two or three units. They all got out scot-free and ran away, and it was absolutely fine. The, the actual combat slap of the Templars was not as strong as I was expecting, I have to say. I think where it's a bit like Marines in general. Where they have odes, they were very good, but actually they weren't that dangerous um, in some of the other points on the board. But what Connor was doing really well was keeping his assets, and they've cru Black Templars have a lot of little baby Crusader squads who are dirt cheap now, absolutely dirt cheap, who come waltzing out and do the jobs and put lots of OC on the points. 
So Connor was using his resources really well. I'd had to play quite aggressively to try and clear the bricks that were ahead of me. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I needed to hang back and be patient. I'm still not entirely sure. But anyway, in in terms of the cards, I think Connor was slightly getting ahead on the cards. I hadn't had the best cards in the early stages. Um, But what this came down to is it hit a point in four or five where just the Redemptors come out. It's Redemptor time. It's time for them to walk forwards. And at this point, they've not been judged because they haven't come forward, not done much killing. They haven't got sufficient tokens on for me to have plus one to wound, crucially. And they are two up save, minus one damage. And what is left of a Votan army at this point cannot pick them up. I think I kill one, but there's still two standing at the end. And that is enough, because I'm on end of turn, that is enough to ensure that I'm still not able to get, you know, the hold more and get a few extra bits at the end, which just about, I think Connor wins by six points, maybe seven points. It's it's it's, it's, it's a decent win, but it's, it's very... Um, it's very nicely played and very nicely controlled, and I just felt it was a list that gave me no end of problems, and in which I think kind of managed all of the assets to make the problems as as pronounced as possible really, really well. Because I played, play, I say I played a marine player at the RTT before I came to the event who threw all three of his redemptors at me turn one, because that's how he normally plays them, and I was like, oh great, because if I don't shoot whole army at these, I'm never going to kill them. So I'm glad that you've given me the chance to do this right now. Um, whereas leaving them to the end game was was really really good and really effective. So Connor was an absolute gent to play. It was a really lovely, funny, silly game. And I was saying to him in the middle, I was like, I just don't understand what's going on. Like this matchup's still like I've got no idea how this is going to go. Um, and we were both finding out, and it was cool seeing Black Templars um, out and about. And I think they are really good and really strong um, in, at what they do right now. A real play in there. Um, and he had some of these were lovely models as well from like I think his, his dad had given him some of these so it was very nice seeing these really old little there were some new brand new big from Irish ones with really little tiny old Black Templar dudes all wandering around together so that was really cute and then so that was a lost round two um, which meant I then had to knuckle down if I was gonna gonna keep doing well so I hit what did I hit round three <laughs> Jamie East was on Sunday Oh, I played Ace. That was it. So I drew into Ace Ace from Twisted Dice. And Ace is a lovely man, very good player, long-time player, content creator, huge Tyranid fan, right? He absolutely adores his Tyranid. He's got these beautifully painted Tyranids. Ace has had a bunch of stuff going on in his life, so he's not been able to play as much lately. And we had, again, a really funny, really silly game, a lot of joking, a lot of swearing. It was excellent. Um, But basically, I I knew more about how Votan into Tyranids would go than Ace did. Um, And it, it goes Hearthguard shoot a lot and Tyranids die and then the Tyranids shoot the Hearthguard back, they don't do as much and then the Hearthguard kill the Tyranids and that's that's kind of how this went. So that was a relatively routine win um, although I did find out what you need to kill Norm Emissaries and it is a lot. Um, and then on the Sunday morning I paid, played Jamie East our very own Jamie East in a Plusoff and I was actually very worried about this because he was running Death Guard which as we all know are one of the, the better armies in the game you know, a strong, <laughs> powerful. I would certainly type. encourage to be thinking of them as more like a three-two-four-one army. Yeah, three-two-four-one. I think yeah. I agree. I think you lack understanding of how the game is played, and it's not my fault that <laughs> you have small brains. Uh, he does play Eldar. He doesn't have to. Learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. You, it's the first time you've opened your mouth in about yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been he's been so patient. Up. He's been so patient. Don't slap him down. Anyway, Jamie, um, Jamie is a tenacious foe and an aggressive opponent normally, it has to be said. That's what I know of Jamie. I've never played him before, but I've heard stories and I know he likes to come forwards and get stuck in. Um, and he had a list 
with lots and lots of vehicles. And basically in this game, I think first turn was huge because neither of us could quite hide everything we wanted. Um, one of us was always going to get some shots into the other one first. And in this instance, I got the luck of it and I went first. We played it. It was still really close and violent. I killed like 500 points of stuff in the first battle round. And it was still brutally, brutally close and took a long time and a lot of scrapping. And Jamie, James' decision making was really good and he played it really well. And it was it was an extremely, extremely fun game. Uh, and the highlight for me was the, the hammer champion killing Mortarion. Get in the bin, Mortarion. Die. <laughs> I've got a big smacky hammer and I'm going to, it's like, I imagine he's hitting it like a sort of doctor's like checkup on the knee. I think that's about as far as he'd be able to reach. Um, but yeah, very good game. And that was another win as well. And then the final game, this was the, the, the spicy one was that I was drawn into Eldar at the end. And this was round five. It was into Brendan, who was a lovely man, very good player who had beaten, um, I think Rafa Harbinson earlier on in the event. I was looking through his results. So he was a very strong player. And I think what Brendan had done, was go for sheer strength of scoring and then ranged control over some of the flashier and jankier tricks that Eldar have. So you didn't have an Incarn in here. You didn't have an Avatar. And I think I was relieved for that because those are both nightmares in their own way. But what you had instead was just tons of stuff, like triple warp spiders, double swooping hawks, triple shadow specters, triple war walkers, double fire prism, night spinners. So it's it's a lot, right? It's a lot of stuff and it fills up the board. Um and in this one, basically, I played against Chris. So I played Votan Eldar before, and I've seen kind of how it goes. And it's one where you have to make lots of trouble in lots of places to stop them from just kind of playing around you and doing whatever they want. Um, so the more trouble you can create, the better. So I got first turn, which I think was pretty, pretty essential. Pushed land fortresses up, put lots of OC on all three objectives in the middle and said, deal with it, because then I'm going to attack you with deep strikers and other things next turn. Um, and in Brendan's turn one, he pops out a Viper and some war walkers on one side and fire prisms to line up the fort in the middle. And he sends stuff down to clear what, you know, what he's aiming to be his objective down at the bottom of the board. And he pretty much leaves my one on the far side. And he does a very nice job of clearing bits and bobs down in the, bottom corner and putting out a nice screen with a fire and fade and other things to make sure I can't drop in and push up from there and he's committed a bunch of guns to line up this land fort and he literally kills it in three shots <laughs> the viper hits it wounds it, I fail the save he eight damages it at which point the land fort has no cover at which point a war walker shoots it hits it, wounds it twice I fail both saves and the fort is dead <laughs> It's literally three bright lances. Um, and I, I have to say that the Viper tech actually, um, for land raiders and land forts and those kinds of things, I think very, very good to have. If you are doing the more shooty long range Eldar builds, I think the Viper was, yeah, was essential for that actually and, and worked a treat. I, I have looked at Vipers in lists and been like, what's that about? It's got one lance, but now I understand its function and its purpose. Um, and at that point, I think Brendan's feeling quite sorry for me. Because I think I, I, I'm feeling quite sorry for me as well. Because I'm like, well, this isn't, this doesn't look very good. <laughs> um, but he's also had cards where he's had to send one walk spider squad to the middle, and he's had to send a lot of stuff down to the south to, to deal with me there. And I'm looking at the board from where I'm stood, and I'm thinking this is going to be really, really difficult. But then I, in my turn, go and inspect, and up in his top left what you absolutely must do if you're playing Eldar is push some other little chaffy thing 
out into that ruin on the top there just to make sure you're controlling where things can come in right you, you have your and it could be hawks can be whatever else just hidden behind a wall to make sure there's like a nice sort of screening distance between your kind of backfield as he had done really well at the bottom um and anything else and so i saw that gap and i was like well i'm getting murdered so what i'm gonna do is put all my deep strikers there try and make some nine charges into the things that are just lined up to pop the land fort and if that goes well then we've got a game and i pretty much said this to him and was like I pretty much, if I don't make the charges here, I'm in huge trouble. Um, and I had to re-roll both charges, but made both charges. <laughs> so suddenly there's 20 Hearthguard literally at the wall of his home objective in my turn two, having smashed through like the War Walkers and the Viper and the things that had stuck their heads out on that mm-hmm. side. Um, Brendan, it's then Brendan's turn to be quite sad because I've, I've been quite, <laughs> <laughs> I'd been quite sad and then Brendan was quite sad. And I could tell actually he was looking at it and sort of, it was one of those moments where what he really needed was just a break and a think and a stop because this was never going to be a game that was going to go all the way to the end of the three rounds, right? It's very smashy and crashy and you know, we get through stuff. So at that point, we were like, just take loads of time. I'm going to go get a drink, come back, relax, decide what you're going to do. And when I came back, he had done the complete opposite of what he looked like he was going to do, which was much better, which is that he just went elsewhere. He, like, if he comes in and tries to fight me there, he bounces and he loses everything. And he was looking like he thought he was going to do that. Once he had a moment to think about it, he remembered, you're playing elves, you go and hit them somewhere else. Don't worry about trying to hit them where they're strong, go and fight elsewhere. Um, and he made a really, really good game of this. Shadow Spectres came in, killed bikers, left one biker alive, which was massive for me. Um, he kept popping vehicles. I'd managed to put a fort and a Sagittar on my top left, which I was, I think was just about enough to deter him from trying to shift it. And this was big for me in this game because they kept getting... Um, they kept getting me primary and he was clearing me and hitting me mostly down in the south and trying to get onto my backfield objective. But again, I was screening okay there. That was a lesson from the Chris game because Chris had nicked my backfield objective fairly happily when I played him. So I was like, I'll try and avoid <laughs> I'll try and avoid letting him do that this time. Um, it was one of those games where yeah, he's murdering me. I'm killing little elves on Overwatch that I can't catch the rest of the time because they're not anywhere I could see them the rest of the time. So I just try and get shots at them on Overwatch. And the terminators roll into his backfield i get cards at the right time i get capture enemy outposts and bring it down just as i'm charging on there to kill a night spinner and take it so that's ideal for me and then they sort of waddle very very slowly down towards the middle it takes them literally the rest of the game to get to the middle but by the end i have 10 hearth guard and a champ sat on the middle objective because he's on end of turn so it's like right 10 hearth guard can you clear all of that uh, and it, by the time we would got to that point he'd lost so much of his good shooting so i'd killed a fire prison when i came down as well um, that it was starting to look very peaky for him. Even with all of that, still took some tremendous luck because his way leaper got into my home field objective and was trying to take it. And one, I think I, he it was he basically just needed to get the warriors to a point where they were battle shot to give me massive problems. And one of the warriors made two six ups on the field, no pain against the way leaper's sword to stay alive. I literally, I was literally, oh, that's three dead. I was like, oh, hold on, feel no pain. Immediately rolled a double six. I was like, yeah, that's why you remember that stuff. Sometimes, every now and again, (laughs) you get incredibly lucky. Um, And then at the end of the game, the same way Leaper needed to make a 10 charge up to my top objective to take it, um, to make it a draw, I think, by that point, Um, but failed the 10 with a re-roll because the fake dice had all gone on other stuff by this point. And so that made it a very narrow win. <coughs> and there's not many useful lessons in this because I had to take enormous risks and they and got got very lucky. 
Uh, and I think the, the design of my list was too clunky for that particular game, and I needed more more width of assets to be aggressive early on with. Um, but I did get the luck by sort of finding the gap and, and pushing for that. So I was I was very happy with it. Brendan played it really well. It was a lovely collaborative game, um, and he was a really really good opponent. Um, and so that finished us with with four one, which with Votan was was really nice, and I was very very happy with it at the end. Do you think if he had not left you the gap to deep strike your stuff in turn two, that it would have been really different? I think potentially, yeah, because I think he can control where the Hearthguard drop then. And the drop costs him all his remaining Bright Lances and a Fire Prism. I think if he's got those, he can. he's not going to kill a brick in a turn, but he can hold it at arm's length for a couple of turns and at least kill one of them. And as it was, both 10-mana Hearthguard were wandering around and he had lost the capacity to really pick them up whilst also playing the game and taking my other assets out. Did he have a spinner? He did have a spinner, yeah. So that's big too, right? Because the spinner can tag them. And the spinner, as it was, just kind of got trapped in that corner where they were coming in and then couldn't really get out of there, which was also big. And obviously one of the Hearthguard squads ignores Night Spinner modification anyway, so that once they are that close... But I think in terms of the overall shape of the game, it just meant that although he took my backfield as he was always likely to, I could sit on three points for several, for like two, three turns. And that was really, really difficult, I think, for him to deal with. I think um, he had the guns and the movement and the mobility to outscore me whilst also whittling down everything I had if it was sort of tit for tat. But Mm. that was a moment in which I was able to just kill four units in a turn in a way I wouldn't have been if I'd been just... Because the thing is, if you, if you have, let's say you have Sweeping Hawks there, right? I drop, if I drop Terminators there to charge and the Sweeping Hawks just Phantasm, and then... So as long as the infantry are doing that outer screening until the yeah. Hearthguard are down, that's what you need to do, because you can always get them out of dodge if needs be. Um, and you just can't... You know, there was something you did much better when we played. Like You have to know where the army is before you start really, really playing with it with Votan. That was actually something Connor did really well, right? Once he waited until he knew where stuff was committed before deciding where he was going to hit. And you sort of, you work out, okay, Hearthguard are realistically going to be about here. So I can go and play over here if I want to. And and they're not going to reach me, really. Um, So yeah, tight game, interesting game. Great. So that's Elves. Let's have some more Elves. Capitan, tell us about your run. All right, so um, going in, I was apprehensive because I'd invested over a thousand points into Eldari characters. I'd also been on a really good run recently, and I was like, I'm definitely due some bad luck. Like, I'm not gonna lie, in my recent tournaments, I've been hitting good pathways, mm-hmm. dice rolling have been good. Like, it just felt like I was due something. So, um, round one, I drew um, John and his Drakari. John was an elderly chap who just oh. stayed for fun. Just oh. for fun. Had a good time. And he was so, so lovely. So, so lovely, which is why this felt quite bad. Uh, <laughs> because on Scorched Earth Dawn of War deployment, going first is actually quite helpful because you can just push forward, especially when your opponent has put all of their dark lances in um, in deep strike. So it gives you two turns to just go like, I'm going to take the board. So I was able to basically send the avatar down the left flank, the Incarn down the right flank, have two turns just to screen him out so when they then came down, they couldn't actually shoot anything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, and after three turns, we called it. 
um, because it was kind of just like he was going to be tabled turn four. Um, but no, it was he was like he was so lovely and it was a bit of a coaching game really for like turns two and three. He's like talking about things we could do like differently and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, lovely guy, but finished one hundred twenty three. Um, so then we're like, right, what are we going to get next? And we've got demons now. I've only played Demons once before into Jamie Clifford and I lost. Um, so I'm always a bit apprehensive. Mm. He had Fate Weaver, Lord of Change, Bellacore, mm-hmm. and then just like a bunch of stuff. Um, and this was such a weird game because for most of it, I felt reasonably comfortable, but the score was always, um, was always really close. Um, and I kind of, with the Incarn, sometimes you throw her out early on, you're like, deal with it. Another time you hold her back and she's so powerful late game. And in this game, I decided to throw her out into my opponent's deployment zone turn one, or like also uh, top of two, maybe. And I went, go on then, see if you can. And this happened when I played Jamie as well. The Lord of Change has, what, sustained D3 on his gun. Mm-hmm. And he rolled like six. Who have that? He, um, he rolled like six sixes. And also, I'm like, oh, shit, not again. <laughs> and sure enough, after Builder Change had shot, Bellacore had shot, and then he'd realised Fate Weaver was just, like, millimetres in range. And Khan was dead. Oh. I'm like, oh. I mean, it does mean his monsters are still pinned in his backfield, but that also doesn't matter because he can just pick them up. Um, but I'm just, <laughs> I you know, forget he can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm working really hard to keep denying his primary and building that kind of advantage up because my primary is actually really locked down. And the defining moment in this game was turn four. Um, he had top of turn and he went, right, boom, Lord of Change and Bellacore in the middle of the board. I don't think you could deal with me now. And I'm sitting there going, I cannot deal with you. And then he rolls his six-inch charge into Fugan, fails it. Reroll, fails it. And I'm like, okay, right, well, that's given me a bit of breathing room. <laughs> So what I'll do is I'll try and kill the Lord of Change. Like maybe with my remaining shooting and the Avatar's combat, who's just sat in the middle of the board, as let's face it, he did for most of the entire weekend. <laughs> That's his life, right? Um, he, you know, I might be able to drop the Lord of Change. So I'm like, right, okay, well, I'll just fire this, uh, just fire this Avatar off. Okay, cool. Well, that's like six damage to Lord of Change straight away. We'll take that. Fire this Star Weaver off. Oh, you failed all your saves. Okay, cool. And that's another four damage. Fire the next Star Weaver. Oh, you failed another three saves. That's another six. Oh, you've got four wounds left. <laughs> and I've only fired three things. Okay, right. Well, the Avatar is probably going to charge in and kill. Going to kill him. So I guess I'll just shoot Bellacore then. Um, Fugan with his one shot. Oh, Fugan's done ten damage. Okay. Um, well. Let's see if we can get lucky with the night spinner. Oh, I've rolled, uh, I've rolled four sixes and Bellacore's dead. And the guy, the poor guy, Andrew, like lovely guy, he's just stood there like, what the fuck has just happened? <laughs> Going into the event, I was like, my army doesn't have much output. And, four, and I've dropped two, two greater demons with just about with about five activations. <laughs> it was, uh, he was just like, he just genuinely was like, I don't know what's happened. This is insane. Um, so he then kind of had to pick up Kairos and go for a long bomb charge onto my deep, my like home field to get capture enemy outpost, which he managed to do. 
Um, but yeah, I kind of he didn't have enough units to score elsewhere, and he still I think he on turn five he still had one out, a very unlikely out to get the draw. Um, but it finished ninety four eighty. But yeah, I was just like, yeah, my army can kill stuff. Screw yeah, man. It's deceptive, right? It's, I remember, yeah, remember we had this, we put it on the table and we're like, how is this going to do anything? And he's still massacred Votan pretty happily when we played that game. It's yeah, like, it can... has a lot of damage. Like, yeah. it's just It's very concentrated now. Yeah, yeah. Just make your opponent fail on their saves and it's fine. That, that really helps. That's big. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, got the win. And so we go next into Ben Pritchard and his Dark ah, Angels. Tough so, opponent, yeah. Yeah, Ben's a really good player. I know he's been around a lot of Dark Angels for a while. He's had some really top um, results with them. Um, and this is probably the game I'm most proud of mm-hmm. like, in terms of play because so he had Aggressor Brick, Deathwing Night Brick, you know, all the crazy stuff. Um, he also had uh, two units of three Centurions um, and then just like various other bits. Mm-hmm. And um, he got first turn, so it means I don't get to slow something down with my spinner. So, surprise, surprise, shock horror. The Deathwing Knights run straight to the middle of the board. Um, and the aggressive brick, he's like, I want to keep this hidden. I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and he's kind of put me in like this rock and hard place. So I'm like, well, my avatar has to go to the middle of the board. His point is him just skirting around. He'll get nowhere and eventually he'll just get shot to shit by Oak <laughs> and um, all of these um, aggressors. Yeah. Like, oh, well, just do what the thing I don't want to do, which is run straight into the middle of this avatar. Um, I've run the avatar into the knights, but I'm able to position it so he's kind of like blocked from all the shooting whilst mercilessly butchering two Deathwing knights and taking like six damage back. Um, to which then Ben goes, cool, I'm going to fall back, shoot and charge, and oh, the avatar's dead. So at this point, on uh, turn two, I've lost the avatar, for a meaty trade of two Deathwing Knights. Um, and he's putting <laughs> the board with eight Deathwing Knights and the aggressors are starting to push up. I forgot to mention he's got three Predator autocannon tanks as well. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do here. I'm, I'm a bit fucked. And at this point, the um, Solitaire did the one useful thing he did the entire weekend, <laughs> which was die. <laughs> because on my bottom right hand corner I'd sent him in to get a kill on these infiltrators and Phobos Librarian and he killed oh, the Phobos so, Librarian yeah. and none of the infiltrators mm-hmm. um, so then when he died on the hit back the Incarn's like right well I don't want to go up to the top end of the field because that's where all of the death is so this is clearly the flank I want to concentrate on I'll go over to where those infiltrators are ah not allowed to go over to where those infiltrators are. I have to be pushed out 12 inches. Hmm. Just so happens that pushes me directly towards his deployment zone and his <laughs> home field objective, where there's an incarn side base between one set of Oh, my word. So this is where the as near as possible comes yeah. in, right? Because you, you can basically put him anywhere around the bubble that the infiltrators oh, are blocking shit. him from so, landing in. I'm there at the top of my turn two with the infield, with my um, main con about ten inches away from his home field objective. <laughs> right, I see those infiltrators, they're a juicy target. Oh my word! And for the rest of this game, with this ridiculous situation where he's got everything left in the middle four objectives, he's holding all four. Yeah. And I'm holding because I'm able to deep strike some stuff down onto that 
home field once the Incarns killed the infiltrators. I'm holding my deployment zone <laughs> and his deployment zone for my 10, because it's only a hold one, hold two. <laughs> Whilst the Incarns like, oh, I'm going to go around and mop up and just starts chopping up aggressive. This, and... this incidentally is exactly why I lose if I don't make the Hearthguard bullshit, right? Because this is, you know, this, the elves taking the back and keeping their home field is just a disaster. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we got to the bottom of turn five, and um, I kind of, the scores were pretty much tied, and then I was able to, I, I scored my cards. He didn't score his. Um, and then I had bottom of turn advantage, um, and I, I cleared quite a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was a really satisfying win. He was quite shell shocked. Um, yeah, he looked it. I went over after. <laughs> as you would, he was <laughs> like, would be. Turn two, you like Avatar's dead. I'm I'm done, mate. Like, so yeah, I was. Uh, that was a good one. Um, there was... That's a classic game. That's great. Yeah, very well done. And very yeah, infiltrators have not helped him out there at no, all. <laughs> um, so I'm free and over. We had a lovely meal. It was like really great just to have everyone out there. Oh, um, it was the, the team atmosphere was very, very strong. Yeah, and it's I think cool. that's like a shout out to the rest of our kind of like our team. Oh, every, like everyone was amazing. Really, we had 16, six plus plus guys there and actually it was just like so positive and such a great vibe yeah, and everyone it was, was a real kind of can do feeling and i think you know as we'll get to in a bit i think our, our actual results across the whole team really reflect that the whole the whole team had a really had a really good time put a really good showing yeah um so you're like oh freno it's still a shark tank we'll see what i get <laughs> and i draw blood angels ah! Um, it reminds it reminds me of Space Wolves at Leicester in my round four, and I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm just going to start getting a load of shit from everyone. Uh, you know, Lee's like, this is bullshit. Rightly so. Rightly so. How do you have real armies like Death Guard to deal with that morning, man? Like, I got. Who, um, who knew four. you could use fake dice on your pairings? <laughs> <laughs> So I went into uh, Jordan, uh, uh-huh. Jordan from Vanguard Tactics. Um, when you go to events, obviously most of the time you're playing against someone you don't know, and there's kind of this like this. Sometimes you play these games and they're just a bit, um, must be a bit like, like it could be a bit awkward or just it's kind of just a, you go along and you play the game. Yeah, it can be a bit um, tense by then, right? Yeah. And so I was so glad because this was genuinely one of my favourite games, potentially of all time in an event. Um, just we like we just immediately hit it off. Like just like the banter was there, the kind of the way we both wanted to play the game. We represented Vanguard Tactics really, really well, and it was just like it was just so much fun. Like the whole game was just so much fun, and like, I genuinely felt like I made like a friend there. So that was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. Um, in terms of the game. Obviously, Dark Ang- uh, sorry, Blood Angels aren't exactly making the, the, the news at the moment as one of the top armies. And uh, he had a really cool list, um, but the fundamental issue, issue for him was that he had this Death Company Big Brick and he had this Assault Jump Pack Big mm. Brick, the Aggressor Brick. And if he can't use them to deal with my main pieces, if I don't let him into my avatar, if I don't let him into my incarn, then actually they're going to charge in and pummel five warp spiders to death and then just die. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously my main game plan. Um, and I got, <laughs> I got first turn, which is annoying because he kind of put him on the... If our cards are the same, then actually... You were a little stressed at this point. Because yeah. he's got a 5, 10, 15 at the end for holding three. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I kind of managed to like bait him out to rapid ingress something. Uh, his death, his assault company. And I managed to get some shots into them, and we just got lucky and just whittled down quite a few. Um, he then basically the, the way these trades work that he was trying to generate was the ten death company killed a solitaire and then died. Oh, the aggressors killed five swooping hawks oh, and then mate. died, and the assault. Um, jump pack guys killed four warp spiders yeah. and then died. This is uh, the thing with the outer screen of the little chaffy yeah, infantry. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. the avatars like there for the counter charge. Yeah. The game ended with Incarn and Fugan on his home field objective, just punching oh, up stuff. Man. And is this this is how you said you made a friend? Yeah. <laughs> he took it very well. He took it very well. <laughs> um, this was the first time Jordan had played into Eldar, and although he chatted to like Boxy and stuff about the game, I think until you have experienced Phantasm and the Incarn, it is true. It you need to experience it, and like there was this one moment where he's got his death, his like five remaining jump pack guys, and Dante ready to charge into the Incarn. He's putting loads of um, shooting into them, and then he's like, right, I'm going to shoot my. Um, I'm going to shoot my uh, whatever tank it was, Lancer, I think, into your Shadow Spectres in the other corner. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, no, Christopherson, it's so Phantasm, Phantasm and, and the Incarn. Don't worry, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Um, so anyway, he's like, so he, he does the first round of shooting, and I'm like, right, I'm going to take these saves on my Shadow Spectres in vulnerable save. And then I fail a bunch of them, and I've got one left, and he's like, "Oh no, I see what's about to happen." Here. Like, yeah, sorry. So he has to fire the rest of the shots. He's declared, at which point Shadow Spectres very sadly die. Yeah, they will do. And that. the Incarn goes, "Bye bye, mortal moon charging guys. I'm going to go to the other side of the board." <laughs> death. And then, and then he goes in and charges and kills the warp spiders, which were right by the Incarn. And then the Incarn comes back over. <laughs> oh, no. like, Hi guys, I'm back again. Ready to oh my um, word. So that finished 96-53, but genuinely, genuinely like such a fun game. Mm -hmm. um, and like a really great opponent. So if you do listen to this, um, Jordan, thank you very much. We love the Vanguard tactics. So at that point, you, boys. I'm sat at 4-0. and oh. You are yeah. sat at four and zero, oh, and you're like just one more Blood Angels. That's all I need. <laughs> Out <laughs> there, in the, whatever there are, like 40, 50 of us undefeated, just give me that one hope, or give me like someone who I'm definitely not going to beat, and um, I just like can learn a lot and just have a cool experience. Yeah, hundred percent. So my phone's not working at that point. So when Lewis turns around and goes, "You're playing Mike Porter," I like I I, I genuinely get. It get so excited um like i mean i've been playing harlequins for like nearly two years massive um harlequin fanboy massive mike porter fanboy whilst he was you know ruling the world with them yeah he's quite a mythic figure at this point isn't he so to get to play him was like really exciting um and interestingly um i had a big list advantage in this game i mean yeah, he's, he playing, he's playing he the um he's playing harlequins um so you know uh, his issue is dealing with the two avatars mm. um and obviously there's a big player skill difference so you're like that might actually weigh up to make quite a close game <laughs> might have us a game here um he was genuinely lovely i think 
think there probably is maybe after doing an episode on this, there is probably a conversation to have on how the top players play um, mm-hmm. a lot of the time in kind of events and sort of thing, their approach to the game in terms of the things they say and do and kind of remind you of or don't remind you of, whereas some of us do these things and some of us don't. I think there's there's no right or wrong answer to these sorts of approaches to the game, but I think it would be a really interesting to, um, discussion to like kind of have on it because over the weekend I went above and beyond to try and make sure my opponent didn't do things which then they would go, oh, shit, I can't believe I did that. It was so silly. Um, but I don't think everyone always does that. And I mm. think, like, well, they don't always do that. No, absolutely they don't. And I think it's an interesting one to kind of like dis- to kind of like discuss that. Um, <clears throat> in hindsight, basically in this game, um, he went first, kind of pushed some things out. And my fundamental theory with my army was it's, Barring the avatar, which is going to go sit in the middle of the board, it's a really defensive, really hidey army. Go do your little bits and stuff. Yep. And in this game, what happened was I went, kill everything! <laughs> and I played like an absolute moron for one turn. And that was the first turn. And basically, I dropped a load, put a load of stuff out, sent the Incarn over to a corner, was able to kill three boats and their contents. And I'm like, hmm. Right, that's pretty then, good. Like, yeah. Man, your your avatars are a huge issue in this match. Like, this is this is really really tough. I'm like, got my portable warrior here, lads. <laughs> At which point, um, he then bent me over the table for <laughs> one turn, and that was enough because he, despite my best or thoughts, he dropped the incarn with relative ease. The incarn oh. did not stand up to much shit at all. He then picked up, oh, I don't know, like probably like six units in total on that turn. Yes, Jack. What did he kill the income with? <laughs> what did he kill the income oh, with? Chris, I can't Chris, kill the income. Chris's so... teacherly instincts kicked in there. That was lovely. Just, Jack was, was just... like a little excited child. Like, tell me, tell me. Um, what did he kill? So he killed the income with two Skyweaver bikes, two Void Weavers, um, a Star Weaver, the troops inside a Star Weaver, and then a grenade strap. I feel like that's an amount of firepower that should kill most things. It's, it's yeah, it's a incarn. reasonable commit, isn't it? it is having, reasonable... having played against Mike Porter, um, he will kill that much stuff on turn one, whether you present it to him or not. <laughs> like you are, you went first, right, Chris? That's how you got to kill. No, he stuff. went first. He oh, went. oh, okay. He gave you one turn off because he, he saw the list and was like, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair play, fair play. Yeah, no, he um he couldn't see he can get to anything turn one. Oh well, actually that's a complete lie. Um so <laughs> this was one of those things which I kind of mentioned. So he's he's put this boat, two boats over like my the other objective I want to be holding, really. So I phantasm out Fugan and he's like because I want to send Hugan over to start chopping things and he's not going to be close enough. He's like, okay, I'll shoot you with the um, Star Weaver. And I'm like, what? surely you can't see him. And then he just starts rolling the dice and it's just like, he gets through the damage. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess he must have seen him. And like, at that, it's one of those things where like, I'm like, really, I'm really ill. Like, that <laughs> and I'm really hot and sweat. I don't know what they did, but that room hit insane temperatures. 
And I'm just like, I'm just going through the most. I'm like, it's fine. I've got three, I've got like three, three up saves to make. It'll be okay. Um, I had five three up saves to make, sorry. And I roll the first three and I fail all of them. Fugan's just dead. I don't remember my five up feel no pain. At all. Shit. I'd for- I kept forgetting it against Ben Pritchard as well. And he kept reminding me. It's a big um, part of him. <laughs> it is a big part of him. Mike does have a Fugan on his side as well. He didn't, yeah. remind, he didn't remind me to do it. Not mm. his job, I know, but at the same time, maybe he could. Um, so anyway, Fugan's now lost one of his lives. Um, and I'm like, I swear there was a place um, where I was like, I could have gone like slightly to the right to not being seen. Uh, when we talked about it afterwards, he was like, why did you do that, Fugan? He was like, well, I don't think you could, please, you could see him. He was like, no, 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 my boat was here. I could see everywhere. And I'm like, there's no way in a million years was your boat where you just like told me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so what happened then <laughs> is the game kind of just, I'm now massively on the back foot. I have a decent turn two, and I managed to start picking up some more stuff, but he just start. he has that piece advantage. He's kind of like, he's just done a really good job of out-trading me. Um, and I mean, like, so to put it into context, like this discussion of what you should and shouldn't say, on turn four, I've got my Walt Spiders on his backfield objective. He picks up his Walt Spiders and puts them next to my Walt Spiders. And I'm like, you know, I can just overwatch you, right? <laughs> He's like, and they die. Point. They die pretty hard. And then yeah. picks them up and sticks them on the middle objective where he then flames my avatar to death. <laughs> I wish he'd got over to the warp spiders, really. Yeah, she should have just um, overwatched him, man. But, and this is like the thing, like, but he's your hero, so you don't want to do that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was going to do is like, if I, like, I was like, sure, you might thought not doing this crap. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it's uh, it is an interesting one. Like he was still like lovely throughout. Mm-hmm. He had a good time, and you know, let's don't get wrong. There's this one point where he went to drop down his sky weaves, and he was like, "If you just shoved your star weaver like an inch forward or like half an inch forward, I wouldn't be able to sky weaver into your night spinner." So we just shall we just move your star weaver slightly forward? Like yeah, if you're happy with that, like that's really appreciated. Oh, that's nice. And so he definitely there was things like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just like an interesting experience, um, really. But he, we kind of spoke about the game afterwards. And as he said, like, there were so many points turn, um, like, three, four, and five, where I wish I had the Incarn. Mm. If I'd had the Incarn, like, he's causing absolute havoc. My advantage was, like, the Avatar sat in the middle and just took the primary. Did a really good job of restricting his primary. I just didn't manage my resources well enough. I just, he was like, yeah, in this game, like you've dropped three boats in my and in my head I'm like on a danger level of zero to ten I'm like that's a three. Yeah. You've already done it in turn one, and that's and you're trying to get me to ten, and that's but however you've gone and presented me with like seven units to pick up and I'm going to pick up four or five of them but I'm now in a really good place. Yeah. And I had don't really when I put out the stuff I wasn't going oh I'll um I'll go and. Uh, kill these four things and it's um like in this number of units left compared to this i, mean, I wasn't thinking no you were just killing I was stuff. Just like, just kill the stuff. Yeah. i don't like being charged kill all the stuff yeah, yeah um, you're also playing out <laughs> um so yeah it was uh it was cool um so I actually finished so going into round five guys i was on 66 points and he was on 56 points Gosh, so shook hands we, then if we play a four-turn game i actually beat my porter unfortunately <laughs> 
Unfortunately, I was table turn five, so I didn't get to oh. score any more than 66, and he finished on 79. Um, but yeah, I think if I played it again, or if we kind of like played it a bit more slowly and thought it out, definitely think I could have grabbed the win there. That's great. Um, but I, yeah, I backed just, you. I felt like the tools were there, definitely. I just didn't. I played my one. I genuinely think like, I'm, I like to think I'm very self reflective. I didn't think I really played much wrong over the weekend at all. The only th- thing I definitely played badly was that first turn against Mallet. I think anything that involves the Incarn dying early is bad, 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 bad. I mean, we, we've had games where you hold it and then it just becomes exponentially more valuable. Yeah. When we he was like, why did you do it? I was like, I just didn't think you'd kill the Incarn. Yeah, that's the thing. And that was, that was like, why I did it. You it was... were pushing limit testing there in a way, which is like, now you know the matchup, you understand it a bit better. I think Eldar um, are one of those armies that have so many different like micro-interactions and ways for you to act, like not only in your turn, but in your opponent's turn. There's, like you know, 10 20 100 times you know more ways that game could go is if you were playing a different faction especially two elder players against each other yeah, yeah you know they're literally you could play that game five times over and the game would look like a million like completely yeah. different yeah. so i, I don't think it's i don't think there's any like any shame and, and what you say about um the uh reminding players about doing stuff if you hadn't said anything and you put those wall spiders down you killed them you would have been a massive tool so I think you can have your held, head held yeah. high that you did the right thing there. Absolutely. And I don't think any of us even would want to win in that kind of way. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's almost cheating yourself out of the the, the joy of it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's sat there like, you fucking idiot. You should have just... <laughs> <laughs> no, now, if these were Black Templars... Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think you've had an absolute blinder of a weekend, Chris. Yeah, and, it's just um, such a strong performance. I came over a few times, watched the games, and um, every time I did, it just seemed to remind me of why I hate Eldar so much. <laughs> but um, goddamn, were you smashing it? So yeah, it's a it's respect. a massive performance, captain's performance to to finish the UKTC season with, and hopefully it's got us into the top ten as well. That be that that'll be yeah, the exciting we thing. We'll, we'll know soon. Cora, Zach, if you're listening, push the button and <laughs> let me know. <laughs> So, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and so I mean, placings wise, that put you in the top, well, in, in and around the top the time, thirty, right? <laughs> at the time, I was twenty eighth and very happy. In, um, I was and then later and around, <laughs> and then the shadow run happened, but he got demoted to thirty fourth because Mike Porter didn't play on anymore. Yeah, Mike, come on, man, You're a dick. If you're so, gonna take um, Chris out, at least win on. the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he didn't play on, and other people did. Um, I got dropped down to thirty fourth, but um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was a cracking weekend. We'll, we'll talk through very quickly how the other team, the rest of the team, did in a bit. Um, but suffice to say, amazing games had um, a lot of really tough games. And again, we're in we're in scary places. We have to play scary games in these scary places. Now that's the level we're all consistently playing at. And it was it was another weekend like that, and that was great. Um, cool. Let's move to chat generally about the state of the game and the state of the meta um, with the information we have from LGT. Then we'll do the acker, and then a couple of questions, and then bedtime. I reckon. Sweet. So, those are some faction win rates that are too small for me to read. That's interesting. Is there a way for me to make that bigger? It's in the uh, chat on your phone as well, if that helps at all. In the chat on my phone. It's like two bits of media back. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, guys, we haven't test run this. While we're sorting that out, (laughs) I have a question question for you guys. Mm. Uh, What's one thing 
that you learned from this event? Like, what's your big takeaway that you take it from can this I go event? First? You could, absolutely can. Death got a dog shit. Forty six. Suck on my sweaty nuts. <laughs> oh, they're gonna be good. Bollocks, are they? We were sat not to uh, name drop with a couple of Goonhammer lads. Um, names you might recognise. And uh, I was trying to convince them that Death Guard was bad. And he was like, no, no, I think they're good. Well, you know, nothing personal. <laughs> but uh, read the numbers and weep. Hmm. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> Lee, how about you? What did you learn? Um, I learned that I'm my worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Classic <laughs> chaos. My worst enemy. Oh. Looking me on a show I wasn't even on. Um, yeah, I think uh, for me it was, uh, yeah, I've learned to uh, take some time and uh, chill out a little bit before I enter my next matchups and mm. then actually play Warhammer. I think from a sort of overall game state, it has, it's been a shooting edition. It still is in many ways a shooting edition, but that is starting to shift just a little bit, right? We're seeing just a few stabby smashy armies beginning to have their way obviously csm do all of it and that's great um but templars world eaters there were a few real standout performances from those in and amongst it i think combat definitely has a place in the game now that some of the worst ways in which that was getting fucked over have been got rid of um so that's an exciting sign um so that was one thing i was really struck by was that yeah combat's starting to have some green shoots of recovery there and, and that excites me as someone who loves smashing things it's back baby it's back mm. oh, yeah i think it's just oh, felt sorry, good go, to have a uh, a very balanced event like you know <laughs> like just yeah. it seemed that anyone was kind of like beating everyone and yeah. um you know lgt it's such a lottery who you draw yeah. It's such a lottery. Um, and I think the fact that, that you, you got so like nearly every faction was represented in the 4 1 bracket. Yes. Like, it's looking a lot better. Yes. A awesome. lot better. Awesome. It was much better balance. Um, I felt like we've arrived back at a point where if you play better, you can win the game into most things. Like if there's a decided gap in, in how it's played, then that should go to the person that plays better now, which is good. And again, as we saw from the top set, all our favourite names and scary people were there. They're back again. It's no longer a mix of people who went first with Wraith Knights um, and, and people who didn't. Um, and so that's that's all really healthy. And the game itself felt good fun to play. Again, I felt... I mean, I think I was I was playing Dwarves in Ice Cream Vans, which was nice because that's, a very, <laughs> that's a, such a straightforward straightforward way to play the game after playing stuff that just hides and dies for a very long time that's been really really fun um simon harris says except eldar who i'll never love now when, when eldar are in a healthy spot i enjoy playing them because it is it's fun wrecking a house of cards right that's a fun thing to do it's not easy to do <laughs> at the moment but it is very fun putting spanners in those wheels i think and they do feel like an army where gaps in that plan can be made now and the plan can start falling apart as again if you want to watch some war games live games and watch that happening in real time mm. um you know the liam vsl game from the final is, is quite remarkable for that as well right just watching the the elder list being taken apart like pulling wings off a butterfly basically rob's game uh, also very good on war games live yeah Check that out. Oh yeah, well, our very own Rob was on War Games Live, and War Games Live man described it as his favourite game of the weekend, and of course he would because Rob is one of the best people in the world. 
Um, so go watch that game. Drakari versus Admech, like nothing ever changed and we're still playing ninth edition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play. So, so which which round of the tournament was that? That must have been like quite late on, those two top winning lists. Was it round like seven? Eight? <laughs> yeah, it was the finals. It was a go first final. It was it was the you know, the finals in my heart. Yeah. Do you have any key takeaways, Jack? Any lessons? Uh for me I think it is the place that fixed objectives has. Yes. On UKTC maps, I yes. think a lot. I think I certainly underestimated it. Um, I was having a um, a lovely chat with Carl Grundy, and he mentioned something to me about fixed objectives about on purge. He's like, you know, you just never take them. I'm like, oh, you never you never take tactical on purge, do you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for, the people that don't know, for the people that don't know why that is the case, would you mind explaining it to me? Um, <laughs> so and... we can both laugh at them together. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> yes, uh, and he, he kindly explained it to me. And um, from that point on the uh, on the event, I, I kind of thought a bit more about um, fixed objectives and. I think they're very strong on UKTC um, boards, particularly. They are, um, they are in this current expression, yeah. The position of the terrain uh, with the bunker ruins around the middle and the L's around the outside ones um, makes stuff like cleanse and teleport homes really easy to score. Um, yes. And I think uh, I do like the fact that you can choose between tactical and and fixed. My my nightmare is having to go tactical every game. That's the worst. That like if that's just become it becomes a thing where everyone does that every game, that would be the worst thing ever. I, I like the choice between the two and there there being a dynamic there. Mm. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I agree. So, and I think yeah. the balance between them is pretty healthy. I have some concerns around three point teleport homers with cleanse. I think that's a lot of not coming out and getting enough points to win the game which we've had a lot of in ninth edition and was one of the things people really didn't like in ninth edition. So I don't know quite why teleport home has got boosted for the middle because that just happened in the change between, I think when the Leviathan came, like it just, at the some point it changed. When the patch came, it, data. yeah, it changed. And I was never sure that that was needed, but at the moment it doesn't seem like it's having such a dominating effect as to be too crucial. So we'll have to see. I, I don't love those kind of completely schematic plans being completely dominant. But as you say, having the option, particularly into certain armies and situations, is definitely nice. It's not a free 20, right? You don't no, get a free exa 20 exactly on that, that. Exactly. Just by that. doing the middle. So I think there is room um, for it. It is a you know a safer option. It does put your opponent on the clock. They it stops them sitting in an artillery yeah. park I don't in the know back if... of the board. I don't know if the issue is necessarily with the secondary, although I think it is strong. I think the terrain... Yeah, I, I really didn't like this set of UKTC terrain. I'll say it. I thought mm. it was really unpleasant to play on compared to past experiences. It wasn't bad. Like it's still. Is that because you were running a bunch of armages and a great unclean one? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> it was because people could just sit like a, a rhino or a truck in that forward L that was I'm on almost you, every map and get like fifteen points. And just I like... can fit a land fortress in there. Just saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you could do, you could do that with a transport after your stuff had got out, and they go, oh. Here's uh, half my secondary sorted, and I'm going to get mm. 15 points. And not have to think about it. And like, yeah, you can put pressure on them, but I don't. I don't like that being set up for success. It feels like if you're mm. throwing away scoring units, the f doing it in your opponent's deployment gets you five points because it's harder to do. But being in the middle of the board, while easier to get to, shouldn't be safe. Yeah, I think that's hope. I think it's probably a legacy of towering. And it's be interesting to see if it stays indefinitely because I think that's a big part of why the board is like it is right now. I'm assuming there'll be a major rework of the terrain pack and um, hopefully the mission pack as well because 
I don't think it was bad for the missions to be easy for LGT. Um, yes. Early into the edition. Oh, the missions were very samey. We literally played the same one twice, it pretty was much. It bland, <laughs> which was yeah. fine because there I don't were play GSC anymore. Chuck Scramblerfield's in or whatever yeah. it is. That's fine. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. Don't give a I, shit. I'm a Votan made. I'm hoping matter. it's a conscious decision that they made yeah. because, you know, they wanted it to be as smooth as possible for the 750 attendees. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you say that now. If they don't change it for the next event, oh it, yeah, bung light game. vital ground in. I even I would even have the ritual. I wouldn't hate the ritual. I know that that's going to produce some absolute feel bads. The ritual you make objectives with your army during Ooh. the game. It's very silly. Me and Stuart had like an eighty all drawer on it. It was the best. It was the so silly. <laughs> I do have one more thing. Sorry, you've just yep. uh, you've triggered something. We had a, a lovely chap come up to us on Saturday morning. A guy called Stu, who I think I saw in the chat earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch you while you were here. He just said he came up, said he loved the podcast. Oh, uh, that's really super nice. nice. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of that, and that's that's amazing. I mean, it's yeah. say I did. I actually didn't reflect on it at the start of this because we're, this is and this is really bad. So many of you have been so nice in recent times that I did, I don't want to just keep declaring it every single time. But it is awesome. It's absolutely awesome. You're great it's people. Absolutely awesome. We're very come and very see grateful. me. It's I'll a have, nice guy. So. Yeah, I'll have yeah. a pen with me if you want a signature or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's really, really kind. Cool. Yeah, I've also got a very nice super chat. I don't know if you want to read that out, Chris. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we had the one and only Vanguard Tactics Bridge, who's probably Paul Bridge, I imagine. I'm surely Paul Bridge. Well <laughs> that done, other guys. coach, VT Coach Bridge. Great to see local teams doing well at the big events. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And well and done. Paul Bridge Paul. did well. Yeah. He had a great run with Thousand Sons, which was awesome. In 25th, so. we're here. Yeah, hell of a placing. Well done, Paul. Really, really nice. And thank you for that. That's awesome. Right. I mean, let's let's reflect very briefly on these stats. I think the most important thing for our listeners is that Imperial agents need immediate nerfing <laughs> into the ground, right? Um, there have been players just abusing Imperial agents at various oh, yeah. events I've been at. It's, it's two events now I've been to where Imperial agents have been being abused. Um, Sai, we're looking at you. Um, and the 60% win rate speaks for itself. They evidently need to be taken outside uh, and shot, unfortunately. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's the most obvious and egregious thing from this data. But is there anything else jumping out at us here? One he's going to have to say it. Black Templars, 57%. I know we <laughs> Black, touched on it earlier. Black Templars were good, right? Yeah. yeah Black really Templars decided. were I'm, very, very I'm good. I'm pretty tempted. The fact that... Just them- do it. Just yeah, do but it. the Marines are getting fun stuff as well, and they've lost Oath, so I feel like that really sort of like knocks off the fun. It it really does actually, because a lot of the Templar stuff relies on strength four AP one damage. Mm, and if you take Oath true. away, the real wound for Oath, they get absolutely pummeled by if, that. If the Salamander's detachment doesn't do it for me, I might have a check. See if I can just bung a load of lethal hits in there and just go, <laughs> I have more nabs than you. Yeah, um, I do. Th- it does look fun to play to me. Yeah. It's just, I just love that there's a 20 man Space Marine unit just wandering around with some like religious nutters in it. It's just, yeah. that's just a good look on the board. It's cool. It's um, I'm sure that I think for them, the novelty factor was probably quite big this weekend. I think almost. Well, about half the team played into them and had a rough time because they'd never played it before. People are teching for vehicles and monsters. Yeah. So when you bring just a carpet of boys who are mixed profiles, really hard to deal with, get cover. It's a good one. Venno paint is really good. Lewis says, can't work out why Tyranids are at 39%. Lewis, that is the same reason that Dracaria are at 39%. They are not currently especially strong and they're hard to play. And that is a tough combination. Uh, I th- fragile things in a quite 
scary game, not so easy. I think it's also because the new codex has just come out and people haven't really yeah, nailed there's, down. There's figuring out to be done, right? Like but basically, people haven't come up with the cutty cook. Oh, I need rebooting again, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm here to talk about Warhammer. People haven't come up with the cookie cutter list yet uh, for uh, everyone to mindlessly follow. So mm. we're going to be seeing a bit of a bit of a change there as soon as people work out what the best things are. I think we'll see a lot of uh, similarities in Chaos Space Marine lists after LGT. I think so. The chosen have arrived and yeah. they have their minibuses. Say, so, I think beep, Power, beep. Power Armor Chikari looks like a hell of a way to play the game right now. Just. Yeah guys yeeting out rhinos is very scary on these boards thousand suns death watch gsc all actually sticking about pretty well as far as win rates are concerned here like they're not um, you know they all got hit we're all a bit pessimistic about them but they all sample size i think we'll say that it's not that many players for sure no um but what is cool is that of the factions that were languishing at the bottom except drakari um, they've managed to bring all of them up, and one of them they've brought up so much that it's winning more games than everybody else. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Which Nerf is nuts. Um, well, and Sisters. Sisters are still way down there. Yeah, I was sorry. Yeah, Sisters also absolutely shat on. Um, but yeah, I mean, Votan, Tau, Admech have all been basically pumped back to life, which is awesome. Um, mm. World Eaters look a lot better. Um, Death Guard look a lot better. So I think the fact that even a few Shut months up. in, you can have changes that radically change things okay, like that. Yeah. Is really exciting, really, really cool. Uh, Chaos Knights are at a perfect fifty percent. Perfect fifty percent, which really sums up how I feel yeah. about them. I think Votan at a perfect fifty-three, better and unlikely to change. That's what I like. Yeah, that's good. Grey Knights just slightly worse. So yeah, uh, Grey Knights again. I think they're super cool right now. Um, but again, I think you look at it and it just looks like there's a real rock, paper, scissors spread going yeah. on because different things. And you've got to feel sorry for Necrons because really it was rock, paper, scissors, Necrons, and everyone, everyone made sure, <laughs> everyone made sure they brought something to smash Necrons with, and that's I'm pretty not much. I feel that sad went. about Chat. watching people park twenty miles <laughs> and go, "Ooh, done." But yeah, no, you are right. You Were are you busy right. last week, Jack? Did did everyone come on down to your gun warehouse? <laughs> I think they did. They I had a did flash sale, mate. I had a flash sale. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the other thing in the room, right, Carol, right up there, 60.1%. Yeah. I think there's a, a combination of stuff going on there. Um, I think they probably get an extra 3% there from the fact there's so many marine bodies at the event. Mm-hmm. And how just absolutely eat anything that's not Chaos Marines for breakfast. It's going to be a good winter for them. Um, and so... the full Forge World bollocks of Tetras. Because yeah. you need full rerolls. Tetras, Tetras are definitely part of the problem, I think. Te- te- so here's the thing with Tetras, right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the, the rerolls aren't, aren't that important. It's the fact that you get 14 Toughness 7 wounds on two bodies. For 80 points, that's kind of the issue with them um, because mm. they just sit there and do secondaries, or you fire like a las cannon or some kind of insane night weapon at them and it kills one, and the other one's still alive because it's behind a wall and then you can't shoot with anything else. And That's fair. I've been shot by stuff guided by Tetris, and I think the reroll hits are a big deal. And they it's, really. They, they already hit on threes. Wreck and they my can get, fucking face is what they do. <laughs> yeah, they, they already hit on threes. They can get reroll ones anyway. Like, that's not the worst thing about them. Um, you know, if they didn't have that, you would still take them at that point, price point. If they didn't do the rerolls to hit, sure, um, you would you would still take them um, mm. as long as they cost eighty points. So I think they are good. 
Um, but yeah, I think if you, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't cry if you can't get any hold of any Forge World ones. Uh, but if you can get some cheap printed ones, you won't go very wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It'll be good. It'll be interesting to analyze because obviously Tau didn't make it into the actual upper reaches, right, of the event. They fell down in the end, and I think they do have some predators amongst that top set. Um, GSC, most of the time I've played them, have been similar to this, where like the win rate is good, but there's a couple of things out there that just eat them, so you never quite close. Um, Chaos Knights, according to someone who wouldn't understand that tower really good at killing chaos knights i stopped <laughs> arguing with him i was like okay i'll, I'll, I'll let you have yeah it. it'll it'll be interesting to figure that out and see um as we go what what the kind of matchups that hold i mean it's, it must be eldar and csm because that's what made it through and not them right in the end but it's csm in particular feel like one that tau can win the, um, the other one that are really rough for tau are orcs Yes. Because of all the feel no pain and um, just activation locking, like that keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, actually Black Templars are really difficult for Tau, again, because of the feel no pain. Most Tau lists pack a ton of damage to shooting, yeah, which yeah. gets really, really messed up by five of feel no pains and yeah. even six of feel no pains. Um, so I have, I have to imagine a lot of Tau players fell down to Orcs and Black Templars as well. Absolutely. And obviously Eldari is still strong, CSM is still strong. Um, I think the top does kind of, with Black Templars are the surprise, right? The rest of it kind of looks like I'd say we were expecting it to look. No, hold on, hold on. Admech. How did I miss that? 53.6%. Yeah, yeah Admech Ad are cooking, man. Admech are cooking. They're back. I mean, it helped that Malik was running Admech at this event. That, I that don't know what you mean. He's retired. He is retired. Uh, he's still he's found been time, retired he still found time to kick Ed Watson games. twice in one weekend, right? <laughs> did he really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. I'll send him back. Yeah. 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 one. I think Admet, yeah, exactly. I think Adeptus Mechanicus have that surprise factor and the unknown factor, and also, yeah, it's not a bad index at all. It has some nasty, nasty tricks and tools in it if you can push yourself to play it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a very interesting meta at this point. I think that's why there's a general revived interest for the game, and it's going to be interesting to see where the Marines book land. One thing I'm delighted for, I know it. The stats are really bad for Tyranids, but. I would be much happier living in a world where every new book was a bit rubbish and then they tuned it up than every new book is the world-ending, meta-defining threat and everyone just plays that because that is wank yeah. and boring. Do you I remember really how uh, so the start boring. of ninth edition was? I do remember. How Space Marines got their book and they got worse and yeah. Death God got their book and we don't need to talk about that because Death God are always bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I like the trend, but I'm going to wait yeah. to be excited. We know that we need to get about usually, eight or nine books in. about 12 months yeah. in before we hit Drakari. Yeah, so we will see. But it's a good start, and I'll take, yeah. take that at this moment in time. The last thing I would say is it's quite cool that about half the factions have over 50% win rate and half the factions mm. have under 50% win rate, rather than three or four factions having yeah. above 50% and everyone else being below. That's, yeah. That makes me happy. And there is relatively few outside of the what they term the Goldilocks zone now. There's a few kicking around it. It's not as bad as it was, but we will see. Space Wolves trash, apparently. That's interesting. What do you mean, they're, apparently? They're... Have you read their army rules? People have been talking about Thunderwolves in, dis- in Discord for like the last oh, three yeah, weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not as Space Wolves. As, <laughs> no. glad- as Gladius. G- genuinely, I'm not messing with you. The, the rules Ultra are... is cosplaying. I yeah. think you'd be better off not running an army rule uh, than that bad. <laughs> slight exaggeration but you may as well not be running an army roll 
great. That's coming from the Chaos Knights player. Yeah, nuts. Yeah, I got to use my strat once. <laughs> right, let's um, let's talk through our six plus plus Acker results, um, and then we'll do questions and go to bed. They are on the screen now. They are on the screen now. So thank you to everyone who put some guesses in for this. Um, some of you under, some of you were pretty good. There were some good predictions, and we've gone through them here. And as you can see, there's some variance, but in the main, people weren't a mile out with most of these. So the wonderful Paul James was predicted for 3.6 wins, so people swinging around between three and four. And he got three, but he was actually very unlucky at, uh, to hit Stephen Box in the final round and push that game really close. So it could very easily have been four. Well done, Paul. Franco was predicted 3.2. There you go, Franco. They were predicting you more than three on the main. Franco was a bit worried. Everyone was predicting him down, but I think those were outliers. Um, and Franco got three, but he did also draw with John Swallow, which is a hell of a result. People understood Lee Jones perfectly. <laughs> three wins. Everyone said it. And that is exactly what he delivered. Um, Lee has the god-given gift to always win more games than he loses basically whether he's played warhammer in the last year or not and he put that into practice here um, with his custodies i was predicted 3.7 um, and i got a four so slightly overperformed i'd put myself as a three as well and i think with votan three would have been very very plausible and um, so i was chuffed with that people understood rob kimpton perfectly put him down for three he got three duly delivered Aaron had a rough run in the end, slightly under-delivered. He was predicted 3.5. I think we were all very optimistic about Aaron going in because Aaron's a killer, been playing really well, but he had a couple of rough matchups. He did beat Jack Tight, which is a fantastic result. and a really that was, I was next to that game. It was a really cool game, um, but finishing with two wins. Lewis predicted 3.2 and then overperformed with a four with his nids, and I think wins the award of most under-predicted and underrated player for the Plus with his Tyranid Horde. And if you want to learn how he did it, you can go and watch the video where he's just talked to Davey about how he did it, which is why I wasn't allowed to be on this show. Do go and watch that one. I'm sure it's really interesting if you like Tyranids. Honestly, it's a very impressive um, talk about how the uh, tactics played out of Tyranids. Yeah. So Lewis is a really interesting person because like, he's an advocate for playing the game in a really fun, chill way, and that's what his events are about. But somewhere inside him is a little angry killer man who's very good at 40k. I've been telling you. I've been telling you the whole time. He's an angry killer. Did you believe me? No. I'm going to go missing someday. It'll be your fault. Uh, Scrivo was predicted for 2.9 wins. People swinging between 2 and 3. He delivered 2, but he also had a draw, and he was very, very close to positive to positive win rate with 3 wins here. So a fantastic showing from Scrivo. Alex had a very rough weekend, but he did beat a member of Team Iceland, which helps us out as we try and get top 10 for UKTC. So that is the only thing that matters, Alex. And if you took the rest of the weekend off because you were tired after that, I forgive you. And that's absolutely fine. Jack Chapman predicted 3.7 and got three. Again, knocking in and around that 3-4 mark. And I think that, again, is, is matchups and luck and a bit of experience. Um, yeah, I got completely outplayed in my last game. Yeah, and that kind happens, of a, right? of like a probably a 40% to win matchup. Yeah, so. that can absolutely happen. Um, Jamie East predicted 2.8 and delivered three because Death Guard has a 60% win rate. Army, fantastic army, genuinely brilliant. One of the strongest, <laughs> most interesting armies in 40k. Um, and Jamie, obviously, a, so a fantastic, fan- yeah, just dynamic and, and complicated. I've um, been I've been baiting people for my entire life. You can't, you've got nothing on me. The words roll off my back. People, um, people, I think slightly overestimated Ed Fawcett, thinking he'd get three point one wins. Um, Not and me. Then- <laughs> uh, and Ed delivered three, so no, pretty much, pretty much bang on the money. And that was your assessment going in, very much so. Um, 
Chris was predicted 3.9, delivered four, so did actually better than people expected. Um, and Chris has been playing great. Lee was predicted for, as we've just heard, for reasons very specifically detailed. It. Lee absolutely it. shat the bed. Uh, <laughs> what because, a loser. Because he was a bit <laughs> tired because he'd played an international standard game at first thing in the morning. <laughs> oh, no. Lee did very, very well. We're extremely proud of him. And he's going to be back again and even angrier next time. Um, ben was predicted 2.4 and got two, but again got a draw. So really, really solid record there as well. And Dave Murdoch was predicted 2.9 and got a two. He's only just come back to Grey Knights, so he was figuring that out. Now, the bad news <laughs> is that the person that won the 6 plus plus accumulator with the best bet um, for what we would achieve was fucking Paul James. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> and the second closest was Paul James. With a and the second, second was Paul James. <laughs> the second entry. The second was Paul James with his amended guess after we'd amended the names on the roster so paul you're very very good at what you do buddy um we'll talk about whether you want a farseer sky runner and a black templars champion or not um i see i can see paul james running that black templars list that would be very very terrifying um but we've we've enjoyed doing the accumulator and i think it's something we'll crack out for future events and we might ban our own team from doing it. or from winning or from winning it right yeah 100 percent um in the future cool great thanks very much uh, for bearing with us through all of that right let's rattle through a couple of questions and then call it a night so if you have additional questions chuck them in the chat um, but i think we had a bunch in the discord so we'll start there uh, but do feel free to get involved so do you have updated thoughts on fixed versus tactical <laughs> yes we we've do <laughs> we've talked about some of them I'm actually I'm going to come out swinging for tactical, right? Because I took tactical a lot this weekend, and the spikes in point scoring were actually massive in some of my games. I think there were a couple of matchups where it was like, if I take bring it down, I can reliably get this amount. But actually, scoring points for basically easier things in a couple of turns, and then getting eight for bring it down in a big moment in the game worked out better in some ways, um, and. I think it is a little bit less easy to signpost and to know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I do think some armies like fix more than others, and Votan have that nice thing at the moment where they just have little idiots you can throw away and do jobs throughout the game, and that's kind of part of how the army currently functions. So I don't think it's for every army, um, but I did think Tactical still very much had a place, and I was actually scoring higher, I think, with that um, in the main um, than I would otherwise have been, but matchup dependent for sure. Anyone else got anything to add on that? Um, Chaos Space Marines, I think they are being tailored towards your fixed objectives because yeah. uh, you want all the blunt force going yeah. forwards. And you don't want to waste any uh, like no. efficacy. By this is this has always there. been where they sit, right? They always yeah. want a direct, aggressive game plan, and that still makes sense. I remember when they, the Chaos book came out, it was like, oh, people are taking Assassinate, and we just had like months of people being like, oh, Assassinate's a trap. It's, like, it's not a trap if they kill every single one of you, is it? Uh, that is absolutely fine in that instance. So yeah, I think I think that's right. It's army dependent, um, and CSM, who are a big elite hammer hammer army, really want that. It was interesting in the final. I think they both took just killy fixed pretty much, right? They yeah. were just killing Stuff the shit, killing the, killing the shit out of each other. Um, and I can see the case for that. I went tactical all, all event just mm-hmm. to. Uh, I think that's more of a chaos knights thing. You need the additional CP, and uh, I think the only time I could have seen a case for 
fixed was if I wanted it into Tau, but a good Tau player is just going to go, oh, I'll just not let you kill anything, make you push to me. You can't stand behind cover because you're a big vehicle list before you shake your head. And um, I'd have had to put myself so out in the open that his go turn would have probably pretty much tabled the list that I had. So I didn't want to risk it. 100%. Yeah, I I do. I want to play into tower a bit more and try tactical because I said no one. No, but I, I legitimately do because I had a good game with Carl Grundy where he narrowly won, and I think the fact that I'd gone fixed and he knew exactly what the demands of that were and could leverage mm. that. He'd accepted his twenty on bring it down, and he knew he just had to wreck me on homers. That was all he needed to do to make sure he got home on the secondaries, um, and he did it. And so that's that's something where it's a little bit player dependent match dependent but it can can go against you for sure well done simon harris by the way on your solid performance with admic that's awesome bunch of good admic players out in force that's awesome chris is an admic player maybe one day we'll coax him out on them at some stage. if they bring back 20 man ranger blobs then <laughs> when their win rate goes above eldar's we'll uh i'm gray knights mate this season I'm yeah he's, he's looking mm. at gray knights right now he, he did say that to be fair uh, but what do you think of the data slate after a few big events, especially of changes to Elf's Custodes, Imperial Knights? Good start. I think, yeah, yeah start. I think there's. I think it's it's good. I'm not going to say it's 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 bad. Like more more action is is better than less. I think in this situation, particularly where we were before. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, they they definitely went too hard on some factions and they did not go hard enough on others. <coughs> um, but, you know, the likes of, um, uh, you know, uh, Sisters of Battle, um, Imperial Knights. Um, Imperial Knights think, got, got merged. Yeah, sure. like, they're, they're still struggling. Some of them because they didn't get buffed enough. Some of them because they got nerfed too hard. And then we have the likes of, you know, other other factions. Eldar. Up, up at the top, still. Um so I, I don't think it's like a was a super like laser guided, you know, absolute bullseye dead on. Um, but I think it was a it was a great data slate and it changed the meta, which ultimately is what you want. I think From that's a data the slate, thing, right? You want you want to get things to get changed up. Yeah, it was it was a radical change, and I think I think a lot of us were quite demoralised before it, and still I think the the energy has been positive since. It. And I'm so I'm I'm inclined to judge it on those merits, and I think people's general interest and enthusiasm for the game is up. Um, and that's a positive sign. So we're looking uh, at like an 85, 90% success. So Yeah, exactly right. And it's made was, Leagues of Votan the best army of the game, which I'm obviously delighted there with. Was, there were was some good things coming out as well. People were saying, I don't know if they're public, as in who's been picked up for the design team, but it's I have faith yeah. now. They've made, some good, they've made some good decisions on that. Front, yeah, right? so. Some really cool decisions. So that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think I think you can call it a successful slate. We've had slates like it that have done equivalent levels of shakeup before, and I think I think it's I think it's good. If there's a few overcorrections here and there, they can come back to it in a few months. I am really liking the look of Jakari right down the bottom, and I'm just sort of like, go on, do something really stupid. Right. You're, gonna have, <laughs> just you're gonna have so many fuck it up. Just fuck it completely oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> Antelope, 150 points. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have eight points. You can't, Jakari, you can't give them points drops now. They already have a but you billion know that's what's units. But you can't you can say that you can say that they can't. But they will. <laughs> you can keep saying that, but you're that's gonna, what's going to happen. Hit. You can kick and scream all you want. It's happening. Oh, Tom. you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the end of the world. I'd rather they just made the melee good. But it's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. 
that's exciting. Can't or at least well, cheap. That'd be, be a little Christmas treat, I reckon. So I'm excited for that. Um, right, next question. How do you guys go about finding practice games, especially if you can recall a time before you were affiliated with a team? Join a local club. Yeah. Like we find um, where people are playing games. Near. I kind of I had Lee from who I got back in contact with after university. Um, but then when I realised I wanted to play a bit more than like once every two months, I just went found the local war games club, which was the one at Chatteris, and that's where I ended up meeting Paul, Dave, Jamie, Stuart, Mark, Kieran, um, all good, all good stuff. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Anyway. I think clubs clubs are great. You can put out feelers on. On, on sort of Discord and find out where people are based in your area. I think that'll work. If, but also just, yeah, look online and ask around. Um, there is a club almost everywhere now. It's popular. It's growing. The game is, you know, the game is really thriving right now. I walked into a shop to buy a sloppity bile piper and I got chatting to John Scrivens and that was it from there. That was it. I was just, <laughs> oh, it's your fault, is it? It's, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. So there we go. And that's uh, it. It can, can be those little connections. For me, I was attending local RTTs. Um, uh, they have a couple of um, venues for gaming in, in Peterborough and um, through there I met people and then got into like a crusade league and now I know people in the sort of local area that I can play against um, as well as obviously um, me or you fine gentlemen yeah and I think I think I, I would pick up just on the um, the practice games I mentioned of your question Craig because I think that is relevant which is that if it depends on the sort of practice, it sounds like you're thinking about it in terms of practicing to get better and to play. And I think one bit of advice that I think is always good is the people that beat you and you have a good time as well. Those are great people to play, right? Tough games, um, people games where you're learning a lot, and those are people you want to have around. Um, and those are it can be a little, especially when you're learning or, or trying to get better. It can be a bit disheartening, and sometimes you can have that urge for sort of more comfortable games but tough games will make you better quicker. Um, and so keep those scary folk around. That's why I keep Lee on my team these days. <laughs> Whenever so we I've... can't make him leave. Yeah. Willing to ask him. <laughs> Whenever I've played um, like the Team England guys, and I've always said, like, what would, advice would you give for getting better? Literally all I ever say is just play people better than you. Yeah. It's, it's the only way because... You kind of, I think, especially for some of us in our team, we kind of hit that level now where we're solid, competitive tournament goers and players. And actually, in order to make that next step step up, you almost need to be thinking about the game in a kind of a different way. You do, yeah. and the only way you can realistically learn that way is by playing like these coaching kind of games and stuff with those. We've people. outgrown ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. I think what we've done well recently, though, as a, as a team is the stuff that you've been putting on for us, Chris, which is kind of yeah. trying to think of the game in that way. Yes. And by having a structured way of arranging games and yeah. trying to push ourselves a bit as players. I think, as well. I think we've done a good job at getting more out of the practice that way, for sure. For uh, those who don't know, basically we set up a system called uh, Kick On, where we kind of gather together as a group of... Um, kind of like three four whatever but we play the game collaboratively and we really talk through and question everyone's decisions and just try and play the game as optimally as possible and we're taking away the result from the game yeah and we're actually just focusing on the well how does this matchup play out yeah um what should we do why are we doing it and we only might play like two or three turns yeah and you might have um, several of us involved right several people talking yeah. and advising and it stuff. helps us to understand the games and it makes a big difference you know when you go 
to an event and you're like, oh, actually, we've had a really good analysis of this one matchup. You have a much better understanding of it. Yeah. So that's we, really We've got our various specialists working on new books as they come out. We've been sort of, Chris has been giving us homework about looking into different armies. We've been sharing literally the secrets of this is how you beat my army, what I am playing. Um, and all of that stuff, it makes for, you can really fast track practice because you've, you've got a bunch of ideas without even having to play games at that stage. So yeah, for for really moving, I th- I think we've had a great time lately with that, and it's been really positive. Um, but you don't have to do that if that all sounds a bit intense, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our whole team that's doing we're, it. We we're pretty intense, or some of us are pretty intense. It's fair to say, right? Just oh, this is a fun one. Just make stuff. Ask, did they do enough to Eldar? No. I feel I mean, like we're the data. No. Well, I think we're getting there. Getting I think there. we're definitely getting there. They're still strong. I think my concern with Elder right now is that the tools they are now leaning back on to win are some of their sort of most twattish tools. Let's put it that way. Like so the, the night spinner, right, is horrific. And you see books go through this stage. Remember, like the the tyranny warriors. Like you see these kind of like death knells when you start trimming away some of the good things a book has, and players fall back to these last few really egregious things. And it's usually a bad sign because it usually means it's one more hammer and then it's good night. Um, and it, an, it never goes 60 index. to 50. It's no. 60 to 35. Yeah, that's the thing. You've <laughs> chipped it down. They've rallied around these last few units and the next one, I think, will be will be pretty fun. I wonder if you took away, removed the night spinner. If you just removed the night spinner from the index, mm-hmm. where they would sit. Be quite interesting. I still think they'd be quite far up there. I, I I think a lot of the issue with Eldar doesn't come from one place. I think it's a, mm. the fact it's it's a really an amalgamation of everything because ultimately the book basically has better versions of everyone else's rules. You know where where other <laughs> factions have to roll stuff. It might feel yeah. like you're you're right. That's it. that's what I was going to come on to in a minute. Is that they've just basically given them very hefty points nerfs. But I think it's the rules are the problem. Stuff like Phantasm, stuff like having twin link dev wounds on a Night Spinner, stuff like um, auto CP generating where other factions have to roll like a four plus each turn to get it. Mm. Stuff like that, um, just having better versions of other people's stuff is is what pushes Eldar above and beyond. Mm. And I think you can keep nerfing the rules, but really good players. Are, sorry, you keep nerfing the points, but really good players are going to learn how to play get around yeah. stuff like Phantasm and uh, and. You know, just man- manipulating the nonsense with lone operative and and stuff like yeah, like Yinkan, the Yinkan as existence UK says in the chat, the Yinkan does something no one else can do, and ultimately until the Yinkan data sheet gets changed um, to stuff, even if it's like you can't charge after that thing happens, or you only only teleport to Eldar <laughs> units dying, something like that to yeah, limit maybe. it. And um, it, it's always going to be an auto take. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. It's not an auto take anymore. No, I don't think it is at this stage. That's the thing. It's, it's all the discords I'm on there. But it is, it is Sorry, a, just, a remarkable unit, though. I think I was being a bit facetious when I said auto take. I think you take it in 95% of scenarios. And I think a lot of people that don't take it at this point are going to just because they're bored of it. Yeah, that's also. I'll get bored of <laughs> it is super fun. It is super fun. I, I don't like, find it fun. I, I, no, I I'm love, I love sick of it. I love the incarn. I absolutely love the incarn. I will defend it. I just wish that's for, for if anyone's listening for, to rebalance Drakari. Just let me take the incarn. That's all I'm asking. Don't care. Don't, probably don't need any other changes. Just bung the incarn in current Drakari 
and let's cook. Let's do I that. think that says mountains about how good the incarn is, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all related, what are the new concerns in the meta that need attention? I, I do want to... I don't think we need to live in a state of permanent alarm. And I think at the start of 10th, there was a risk that we were going to do that. I'm reluctant to immediately look for the next sort of moral panic because we had a rough start to 10th. And I think it's important to enjoy the it's game. Tau. It's Tau. <laughs> I think that's a good clip. We, uh, someone clip that. That's good. Uh, we I, like I that. think Chaos Space Marines need a little tap down just on the Forge Fiend point cost. I think 180 <sighs> points is a bit egregious for a Forge Fiend. For CSM, I've chatted with Lee about this, and he doesn't like the change. But I actually, I would actually change um, the mark of Nurgle strat to be the same as Phantasm, so infantry only, so vehicles can't be um, essentially oh, made loan operatives yeah. because that's batshit. Um, and it's yeah, so it's, it's a very uh, it's an absolutely batshit thing for them to be able to do. Just to, um, to to go to something that we haven't talked about at all. Part of the reason that tower is so good is if you get in a stalemate gunfight with them and you want to play back, they have two ghost kills that can just put shots down range, quality mm. shots that you can't shoot back. It's very much not, this. Quality. Sorry, ghost kills are not good shots. Well, it depends on while you're playing. They're rolled. okay. They're swingy. Ghost kills are swingy, man. Yeah. Alex yeah. rolled pretty hot with them, so my opinion on them has definitely <laughs> gone through the roof. For tower, I'd just be tempted to just take tetras out and then see where they are because I think it is hard to actually judge the index when it's leaning on well, a forge, forge world unit that someone just i know you don't take tetris so, i know you don't take tetris. look at my results that's where they're at <laughs> <laughs> solid solid and i would say reasonable results right you know you're not you're not there sort of annihilating literally anyone you play so that's a positive i think um so tetris i think probably need a look at and then probably avoid doing anything else until you bonked them on the head just i think the case. problem with time at the moment is that they're very um they have some matchups which are very good for them and some matchups are very yeah. bad for them. Yeah. They're very binary. Um, and Tetras are one of those things that are like patching the hole um, with uh, improving secondary play and making the Crisis unit more reliable. Um, so I think if you take that away, it, it would hit the town win rate, but I think mm. it hits it in an unhealthy way in the sense that you're going to get like really binary, like you're just going to ruin Marine players and they're not going to have any fun. And then you're going to play against something like orcs, um, and you're not going to have any fun. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. The, the, the main thing is that it doesn't certainly at the top. It doesn't look like it needs as drastic surgery as it had needed before this point, right? It's it's stuff that I think should be able to be curtailed relatively effectively. So it'll be interesting to see for armies at the bottom. They just need the same kind of careful attention that a few of the strugglers got that brought them up. Um, and that that can be done. They've demonstrated that can be done. So I think that'll be absolutely fine. Um, Ultimate Funk asks: Was there ever a moment at four nil that sort of four zero that Chris thought I might do this? You know, and did he have supply arranged for Monday? <laughs> if so, <laughs> um, I thought no. you could do it. I fully believed you could well, do it. I came and gave you a little hug and said you could do yeah, this. Yeah. Sent sent you on your way. <laughs> I um. I had a school trip on Monday morning, so there's no way I could ever do it. I think, like, it gets in my head. I was like, well, I'll find out if me playing, if I go 5-0, I'll find out if me playing extra rounds would score me more points. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then that's good for the team, like, because mm -hmm. we're, we're aiming for this top 10. And, you know, get to play at least one more game into a top-end opposition would be a great learning experience. But, no, I mean, even if I had done something hilarious, like won my next two games and... Being invited or, or 
into the Monday, I would I would not be able to go. No. The irony being, both you and Porter would have had to have dropped, so it didn't fucking matter who won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fair, enough, fair play to Porter. Yeah, the, the teacher's school, nothing game, right? Yeah, his school had actually given him the Monday off, but he was saying oh, his daughter nice. had exams this week, and he's like quite a warrior about um, exams, so he wanted to be there for her. So he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to go. Yeah. That is sweet. Should have given me the win. Bastard. Yeah, he should have done, shouldn't he? Outrageous. When you hit a point where you've got nothing left to prove, you know, yeah. He's certainly, yeah, he he's certainly firmly hit that <laughs> yeah. point. There is Probably an interesting like... thing with this, and this is something I think players, as you get steadily better and better, like the, the, the bit, the stages of an event you expect to be at, that's an incremental thing, right? That changes over time. Like the number of wins you expect to have, the kind of places you expect to knock around, this takes time, right? And I think that really top, top place that I'm literally going to win all my games. Arriving at a place where you consistently think that's what you're going to do or believe that's what you have a good chance of doing, I think that takes a long time um, or a lot of practice in a very short time, I guess, would be the other way. But that's that's something that in this team, we're not there yet. And we know we're not there yet. We're working at getting there. But I, th- I like to think, actually, we'd never let ourselves get entitled to thinking we're going to win, <laughs> going to right. win five games and clear all the way out. Of the I don't think well, that's so, really... Some of us play Death Guard, so... Exactly. Some of us play Death Guard, so they are entitled to win five games and go all the way <laughs> because Death Guard are the fucking best army in this game and you can eat a little banner man out from a rhino and do an aura of contagion range and chuck multiple free grenades. Uh, Jamie East didn't do any of those things. He rushed at me. <laughs> <laughs> he ran a bunch of vehicles at me. <laughs> But, but he um, could have done. But he could That's have the done. He thing. absolutely he, could have done. Here's the thing that you're all forgetting is I'm a petty motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm going to be clipping this. And then, there'll be there'll be times, you know, six months down the line, I'll be like, oh, Tom, do you remember the, the win rate? And I'll just send you a little video. Yeah. Oh, Death Guard are really good. I mean, it doesn't look good now, does it? It already looks like they're on... Like, if they've just had the shot in the arm and they're posting 46, that's not, that's well, not a look, great start. Oh, so says Tom Lohman Death Guard for his next GT. I will take Death Guard to a GT. It will not be my next one, but I will 100% take Death Guard to a GT. Teams? Within the next few months. I'm not taking them to teams. <laughs> not taking oh, so you don't think they're good? <laughs> I think they're good. Oh, I'm happy to demonstrate that they are good at something in the future, but I need to work out when that is. So I will do that. That is my promise. Whatever the event that matters the least is. Yeah, exactly. Let me find something. Let me find something of minimal consequences and I'll have a go. (laughs) Um, Who would win a fight between Ed and a badger? Death Guard would win. That's who would win. You wouldn't be able to tell. It'd be like the That's... like a scene in a movie where you're holding a gun up and you're like, oh, the Badger. The, the badger. <laughs> Ed, what do you reckon? Uh, I, I like the question, but what he doesn't know is actually animals love me. Just fairly across is the board. Is that true? Oh, that's yeah, nice. yeah, get on really well with them. Um, much really better than people. Well. Yeah, see, that's the sort of thing a human person would say. Wanker. <laughs> uh, what I can tell you, badgers really love cat food. So if you ever have any badger-related issues, feed them cat food, make a friend. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Um, Matthew asks, how did you find the overall standard of players at LGT? Pre-event podcast noted many one-off players attend. That is certainly true. With so many resources to learn from, do you think player ability is on the increase? I think, I mean, that latter point, 100%. Your average player is way better now than when I started playing in 8th. In 8th, people put all their tanks on the line and hope they went first, or if they didn't, they hoped they seized. That was literally tactics. That was how people played 40k. I went to enough events to watch that happen. Uh, yeah, but there t- wasn't any terrain in eighth, to be fair. No, so. there also wasn't any terrain in 8th. That was the high-level play. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a totally different game now. I think the standard was pretty high, um, but it's such a roulette is the thing. It's like there's so many different types of players, because it's not just the standard, it's what people are going for, right? It's, it's the kind of 
the sort of list they're taking, the sort of experience they're expecting. Um, I said I certainly felt like I played tough players the whole way through. Really, I didn't really hit anyone who was sort of new or green in any sense. I feel like my general, not the people I played, but just the general vibe is probably still fine, but lower than the last year of ninth. But that's understandable because yes. we've had two years to learn it. So there's think... a bit of that with the general edition reset. Yeah, I mean we're all doing that. I mean Jack Tight had was I don't know if you're in here, Jack, but obviously Jack Tight is still learning how the missions work as well. And I think we were all yeah, <laughs> we, we, we all we all had moments. Whoa, we, we all we. I actually say that with massive amounts of sympathy. That was not intended to be a dig, and it's an example. <laughs> like, if it's you've still got stuff to learn, then we all have stuff to learn, full stop. Um, Bloodrend is asking about the strength of the schedule. We'll come back to that another day. Let's chat about that another day. That's that's a, that's a long conversation in itself. Um, I reckon that'll do us for tonight. We can probably come back to some more. It's been a long day. Um, we're hitting 11 o'clock now. I'm sorry, Jack, I really am. Um, I really have. <laughs> um, it's been lovely to chat LGT for you all. Um, we'll be back again next time for something a little bit more relaxed and and and, and sort of upbeat and a little bit less uh, game intensive. And we will see you all there. Thank you very much for watching. Good night. Bye bye. <laughs>